Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 105 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode Breath of the Wild Final Review. And just to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast there, uh, give me likes, uh, stars, reviews, that kind of stuff. You can also go to the Google Play Store, subscribe to the podcast there, let me know what you think. I'm not a Google user, so do what you would normally do there Do there to review the show. Also, you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, drop me an email, let me know what you think of the show there. Also, uh, you know, just let me h- know how I can improve, stuff like that. Or you can find me on Twitter, at JustLittleJoe. So go there, uh, you know, say hello. I'll try to get better about promoting this. I always say that, but I mean it. Um, So yeah, let me just get into the show. So if you guys remember a few episodes back, I did a review of Revival, which was a comic, and I finally got back to reviewing it and finishing it. So this is what I want to do with Breath of the Wild. I've done a lot of research, and as I'm doing the research, as it's coming in, I've taken notes. So instead of my brain getting scattershot and actually making a better podcast in general, I am doing everything in sections. So what I'll be going over in the first section is an art book a long time ago that I got. Uh, it's called The uh, Breath of the Wild, um, Creating a Champion. And it was published by Dark Horse Comics and Nintendo, and uh, from what I could see from the uh, registration inside, it was published on December 17th, uh, or I'm sorry, December of 2017. Uh, it's 422 pages of art and history of Breath of the Wild. Um, and let me say this much, I got it a long time ago, it was on sale. I really loved Breath of the Wild years ago, but of course, like I've gone over in the podcast before, my mother was very sick, I was in and out of playing it. According to my play clock on the Nintendo Switch, I got to 97 hours in the game, but I never finished it. So this is me actually finishing the game and giving you like my final review, impressions, feelings about everything, uh, how I feel about the game. Obviously, I'm very nostalgic for it. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia. Also, uh, it brings the feels because of what I was going through in my life. And that's usually sometimes the best games. But to remove that from the game and just talk about how amazing I think this game is and how great it is. And so what I've done is I've done this research. I've looked at this art book that I bought a while ago. And I've also, Nintendo has made a series of what I can find so far, three videos where they interviewed the developers of the game and talked about different sections. Now, I'll get into that in the next section, but the reason why I brought up Revival at the beginning of this is what I did with Revival is I would do a review of a few volumes of Revival, the trade paperbacks, and then I would pause my uh, recording, and then I would come back when I would do more of them. So there wouldn't be any music or any transitions. I would just say hello and get back into the next section and talk to you about what I was uh, what part I was reviewing or what volume I was reviewing. So I'm going to copy that for this review of Breath of the Wild. The first thing that is up is obviously this book, again, published by Dark Horse Comics and Nintendo, called called uh, Leg- The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, Creating a Champion. And it is amazing. It's an art book, again, with 422 pages of art from the development team. 
And the last probably 20 or 30 pages is nothing but history, written history of a timeline of Hyrule, how it got to where they are in the Breath of the Wild history, uh, and how each village shaped the future, past, things like, well, not the future, but the present, the past in the game, how you came to be where you are as Link in the game. And let me tell you something. It is amazing, but it also blows my mind that there's so much information there that they actually had to shrink the font size down to probably like an 8 or a 9 to get everything in there they wanted. And there's pages and maps and a timeline just in the back. But what I want to do is I want to go over things that really stuck out to me. Beautiful pieces of art that were in the front of the book uh, or just in general, in the book in general. So in the first like 50 pages, there's these sketches from like the Twitter promotional stuff they did for the game and also the cover uh, of like a lot of the um, like the official um, I got the game digitally but like the screen of the game uh, when you load up the screen on your switch and also like if you buy the actual cartridge of the game all that art is these beautiful paintings that they did in the beginning where you get to see Link um, kind of looking over a vista or over a hill He's climbing up the side of a mountain. It is amazing. It blows my mind. They spent so much time. And these are all just like concept sketches that they, you know, some of them are sketches. Obviously, some of them are the official art they use to promote it, like I said, from Twitter and things like that. The biggest one, um, I didn't write the page down, but there's a sketch that turned into like more art, which was it was Link from the old games and kind of like this little bit of an older style, <clears throat> handing the Master Sword over to the new Link from Breath of the Wild. And this is great. They said they, they they wanted to be a passing of the mantle. There's these developer notes in there you can read. I didn't read every note uh, because, again, they shrunk the font, and there's so much information, especially towards the back. But I was really just going through and trying to be affected by the art as I saw it as it was coming through. And, um, yeah, uh, it was that was amazing just in the beginning of the book. And so now I'm just going to mention some pages and some art that I saw that I really thought would stand out. If you have this book, follow along and let me know what you think and write in and let me know what you think. If you're like, you know, you mentioned, well, the first thing I'm going to mention is page 83. There's some rough designs of the four champions, and I thought these were great to kind of see them in these rough things of like, well, you know, you know, uh, that champion doesn't look right. Or who is that? Oh, man, it's this person or whatever, you know, it's Garuk or whatever. Um, you know, write in and let me know, like, hey, that didn't do it for me. I didn't like that. But I really like the art on page 72. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Also, um, yeah, I think just the rough design and to see these initial sketches. And they wrote a note in one of the sketches that said that basically what we did is we tried to, um, you know, the designers, the, the artists would basically just have a sketchbook like any kind of artist would have. They'd sketch all these things about whatever, like whether it be a sword or whatever, and then they'd kind of refine it, and they'd bring it to more people, and then they kind of finalize it. Like, okay, so that's the look we want. Just keep iterating on this. So there's all these iterations of not only Link and Zelda, and again, the champions are on there, all these really cool things where you get to see everything in the infantile stages of development, which doesn't really get um, talked about, especially Nintendo. I know recently with the internet and stuff like that, I say it like recently because it makes it sound like the internet is this new thing. But, <clears throat> you know, Nintendo is traditionally a very closed off company. And to see them 
uh, just kind of open up a little bit and do a book like this. And I'll be talking about the next review I do because these they do these series of movies, which I mentioned, these like documentary. I think they're about 10 minutes a piece. I found three of them. I'll try to look online and see if there's any more. But it's stuff like that that I, I really I really enjoy. Um, one of the other pieces of art I really enjoyed was on page 98. There's the uh, the typical Hylians, the dozens of Hyrule, as it were. And they just do all these little sketches of like what the townspeople would look like. And everybody's got this unique look and like they're carrying things. And it's like just really interesting to see them like, oh, here's what a normal shopkeeper would look like. And here's what someone walking through town would look like. And they have these little notes there of like, you know, my shoes are like this and like all these little sketches. And it's pretty amazing. Um, I also loved, uh, on page 144, there's a typical Korok, uh, which if you know, the Koroks are like these little woodland creatures, but just to see little rough designs of them, they did all these little rough designs, like probably eight or nine, I think I counted. And it's just great to see these little things and like how they iterate on. Again, this is pretty fascinating, especially someone like me who can't even draw a stick figure. I think it's great. So there's that. Uh, page 168 through 177. Now, now I'm a big nerd, guys. I like a lot of uh, nerdy stuff. You know that. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing this weekly podcast, but I've talked a lot about D&D. You've heard me do some streams on here. Here's the deal, man. The pages, you know, 168 through 177, that's almost 10 pages of them just drawing weapons for the game. So they're like, okay, so this is how this would look on Link here. They even have sketches of Link. Sometimes he's wearing something on his back. Here's how the the Zora, where they're, you know, here's a Zora weapon. Here's this. Here's that. The following pages after that have to do with armor. And it's just so amazing to me. Again, what goes into this, how this decided to be a final design, what decided to be a neutral design, something like that. Really great. Um, page uh, 204. There's sketches, rough sketches of the enemies in the game, the Guardians. To me, that's amazing. Uh, you know, they show a lot of the enemy factions. The sketches of Ganon are amazing. The Calamity Ganon uh, in all of his forms. They're in the beginning of the book, but I thought since I'm mentioning the enemies now, I should mention him. That's really cool. Um, there's also on page 286, there's this steampunk lab you go to. Uh, I think there's an official name for it. You go, to, It's a workshop. Um but anyway, you go there, <clears throat> excuse me, but they show these little, like, you know, it's, again, a rough sketch of something. And it isn't that I don't like any of these finished pieces. I think these are amazing because I do finally get to that when they show the paintings and things. But these rough sketches really show you the designs. And, and again, I like things kind of in their infantile. <coughs> excuse me, I've been talking a lot today. Um, But the next thing I want to talk about is in the back, again, like I mentioned, there's this massive history section. You know, um, they talk about how the chronology works out. They have photos. They talk about different villages and how they place in the world, kind of their thoughts and feelings, how they were able to defend Hyrule. They talk about the champions. Um, and not only that, but at the, the, the last part of the book, past all the chronology and stuff like that, which I will read this someday. It's just the text is small. It's late when I'm recording this. Um, but in the, the very back of the book, there's... Uh, I think four letters from like the producers um, of the game. I'm not going to butcher their name. They're Japanese. I will probably have them next time because in the Nintendo videos, they interview them and they actually physically say their names. And so I'll have it then. But there's these three producers they interview for the games. And it's amazing to see them, um, you know, talk about what went into the game, which again, we'll talk about more because I'll watch those videos and I'll talk to you more about that. 
But um, yeah, check it out. It's probably on sale for like $20 on Amazon. Again, 400 pages. If you love art of any kind or like to study art, um, you know, there's these pictures of Link climbing through the snow when he's covered with snow. His tunic looked different at a time. They weren't really going to use blue. They even said, you know, um, they wanted to change up his garb. So in Breath of the Wild, he's wearing blue. Because uh, they said, you know, we figured, everybody figured green would be a given because he always wears green. But um, it wasn't any one person at the table saying, we should make this blue instead of green. It was them just coming to an organic decision, looking at art going, yeah, that's a good color. You know, and if you notice, uh, um, Zelda... Uh, shares the same color that that uh, that Link has, and they have this really interesting note about Link, uh, which is weird because they always, you know, Link has always been the silent protagonist for a long time, and this is developer's note in the corner basically says, you know, uh, Link basically is chosen by a family because he's a good warrior, he's very athletic, but he's also very stoic and he keeps everything kind of inside. That's why he doesn't speak much. But, uh, you know, he's um, a great athlete, and he doesn't leave Princess Zelda's side. And so that one, that's what makes him such a good warrior. Um, and it also said something about the uh, Master Sword choosing him. So that's pretty amazing. Um, anyway, I think that's going to end this section. I've rambled on enough. But if you love art again and, um, you know you want to see what went into making Breath of the Wild, or really any game, just to see the concept art from beginning stages to the final game. If you're playing Breath of the Wild, I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, if you want, you could probably go to Amazon. I think there was a look inside feature of the book. So you can click on, you know, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Creating a Champion, you know, click on the look inside thing, and you can just look at some of the art. It, of course, it'll probably just be the beginning, but they want to give you kind of a feel for the rest of the book. But look at that, and then, um, you know, decide if it's something you want to get. Uh, because of quarantine and everything, you know, I have been working, but I've also, I was off a month when the whole COVID thing hit, and I've really been trying to do that thing that most gamers do, is we buy a bunch of art books, and then we don't look at them. I'm really trying to dig into them, dig into them now and look into them. So with that being said, I'm going through this again and I'm going to look through, you know, the history and things like that. And I'm really looking forward to it. So this will end this section. Uh, when I come back again, there won't be any intro or any, any music in between, but I'll come back. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch these three videos that Nintendo's produced. I watched them right when the game was released because that's about the time they released them. But I'm going to watch them again and take notes. And then I'm going to tell you about like what went into the world and things like that. And from there, lips you know, a real interview of them about the process and things like that. And then finally, um, unless I pull in another resource, I'm, there might be one other resource I pull into, but maybe not. But uh, the last thing is me actually finishing the game. I got very close to the end because everything that was going on with my mom, I stopped playing. But I do love the game. Uh, in fact, my boss started playing it a while ago, and he's like, man, I'm hooked. I can't stop playing this game. So that's basically what this is going to be. This is going to be a final kind of review maybe impression would be a better thing my final uh impression of the game i don't even know if that's right i'll say impressions i'll look back because i did talk about brother wild a few years ago on the podcast so but I, I i don't want this to be definitive anyway i mean i believe GameSpot or somebody the other day just mentioned hey here's a bunch of other stuff we found in breath of the wild that no one else has found so yeah i'm gonna be looking through that so anyway, um, you know, I'll talk to you guys soon. And again, I'll be reviewing the three videos that Nintendo put out uh, talking about the development of the game. So I will see you guys then.
Huh, just kidding. It'll be in a couple seconds. Bye. So I'm back, and I've just completed watching the the four-part documentary series that Nintendo released, <clears throat> it looks like on March 14, 2017, about Breath of the Wild. They did a documentary series uh, that they released. Uh, the game was released on March 3rd, 2017, so, you know, a little bit after the game was released. Uh, it was a worldwide launch with the Switch. It also released on the Wii U on that date. Um, but this, uh, I'm going to do it exactly like I did the concept art. I'm going to talk about uh, kind of things that stuck out. Uh, again, there was four parts. Uh, each part was about 10 minutes. I think the last part was seven or eight. Uh, but the first part was just called The Beginning and how they started with the process. Um, and the director was uh, Hidemaru uh, f- uh, Fujibayashi. So I hope I didn't butcher that. But he was the director of the game. And uh, they interviewed a lot of different people. The art director, uh Anuma, which is like the uh, overall producer of the Zelda series, and he's been doing it for 20 years or 30 years at this point. Um, but go watch those series. They're on YouTube if you want a more in-depth dive. I'm just going to go over the things that I thought was really interesting. So the director said that they wanted to really take a step back and try to connect with what made Zelda special in the first place. Um, and so that they prototyped uh, Breath of the Wild in 2D. And they showed footage from that in the documentary. And it basically just looks like an incredibly crisp version of the original Legend of Zelda that came out in 86, I think, on the NES. I think it's 86. That's the only date I didn't check. But whenever the original uh, Legend of Zelda came out, they wanted to, again, uh, kind of emulate that and take a step back and kind of look at that and use that as kind of a base and so they prototyped it in 2d and they were already starting to see some of the systems that went in place with the physics engine if you would burn a tree you could then push that tree you know knock the tree down push that into another tree it would catch that tree on fire um all these kind of things that they wanted to test out and uh, they said it was incredibly um it was incredibly uh exhilarating they said to see that start to take shape and it led to this like quote-unquote domino i'm using that it was like a domino design type ability where you know they're like oh if this touches this and this will happen if you don't know um i'll get into it more in my review but in breath of the wild you get a sheikah slate which basically just looks like a nintendo switch like a ancient version of a switch and you get these different abilities you can create a bomb out of thin air that's on a timer you throw the bomb it explodes uh or you can use magnesis which is basically a magnet you can grab onto things and move them you know if they're metal uh drop them uh it opens and closes doors it does tons of stuff you can do uh crisis which is like freezing so you can freeze water to make steps um it's really interactive and they said when they started designing these pieces into the game what it did is it really opened up more possibilities and it created this effect of like oh yeah well why can't you just hold an arrowhead over a fire and then the arrowhead catches on fire and then you have a fire arrow um you know why um you know things that we take for granted are simple I know a lot of this has been said in open world games, you know, that like, oh, we're going to go back to our roots and, we're, you know, what made the series amazing. But I think when you play Breath of the Wild, uh, it's evident what makes it amazing. And I'll talk about that more in my review. But even from very early on, they were experimenting with these physics systems and things that really sets the game apart from other games. Um, at one time, they prototyped some UFOs. Yeah, they're going to have UFOs in the game that would like suck up cows. That was the weirdest part of that documentary. I was like, what? Definitely wrote that down. That was a note. And one thing I liked is the technology of the 
the Sheikah slate, the ancient Sheikah technology that left the remnants of itself, the shrines, the guardians, some of the architecture in these things looks really weird. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right, but they based it on the, the Jamon period of uh, ancient Japan, which they said it shared a similar thing of um, like a style. Not that it's like some ancient technology, but they said they, they were using that for artwork and inspiration because a lot of people don't know about that period. And it is kind of mysterious to the, even to them. And these are native Japanese people saying, you know, this part of our history is kind of strange and mysterious. So we use that as inspiration to do art and architecture. And they had some photos in there. Um of the Jamon period, and then how that kind of became the Sheikah technology for the Sheikah slate and the Guardian tech. It was really cool to see them. Uh, some of the stuff that they reprinted in this documentary was actually in the last book, uh, you know, Creating a Champion that I talked about. They actually showed a few stills in this, and then obviously it's broadened, and there's more of it in the Creating a Champion. So again, like I said in the first part, go back. If you enjoy Zelda, it's definitely a much purchase, so you can see how all that kind of stuff went out. Um, the second documentary, again, each one of these is only about 10 minutes and I'm just going over the hits or what I thought was interesting. Uh, the second part of the documentary was, uh, I don't know if these are in order, but I went to the open air concept, the idea that we call it open world, but they really said we want it to be more open air. Um, it really started from Skyward Sword, which came out, mm, that I should have checked, but I know it came out. Uh, on the Wii, it was one of the last big titles on the Wii for Nintendo to come out. And you, I played Skyward Sword a little bit, but I know you started out in the Skyloft and then would kind of go down to the overworld and kind of go back and forth uh, with the bird. And um, it was too limiting. And the producer, uh, Numa, said that as well. He said, you know, we didn't have enough time to implement the systems we wanted. We really wanted to explore different areas, but we just, we couldn't do it. Uh, you know, time res restraints, obviously... Breath of the Wild was in development for like five or six years, so he said these kind of things take time. Um, also, they tried to use uh, Wind Waker as a reference of the exploring, because in Wind Waker, which I haven't played, I've seen people play it. You know, you get in a ship and you go to an island and explore. And he said that uh, had that concept of going anywhere, but uh, because of the hardware limitations of the GameCube, uh, they couldn't, um, they couldn't, uh, you know, fully realize that world, and they wanted to have more islands. So that was pretty crazy. Um, they also, when they were like thinking of how much space they wanted to create in the new version of Hyrule for Breath of the Wild, they were trying to come up with scale, and they used modern-day Kyoto uh, in Japan for like a sense of scale, which really was surprising to me. And then on top of it, uh, Nintendo is located in Kyoto, uh, Nintendo um, in Japan. And what I thought was interesting was the um, the main director, uh, uh, Hudomaro, uh, said that. Uh, it was great because he could really start to see everything kind of breaking free of uh, when they use Kyoto, they could they could look at things as north, south, east, and west, and it was an easy way to, um, you know, um, it was an easy way to focus everything, and it made everything more clear, and they were, it was easier for them to make maps, for them to really lay out the geography when they had that, which I thought was interesting if you base it on a real sale, it just, city it actually makes it easier. Um and, um, yeah, uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, and the last thing, um, well, two of the last things they mentioned, I'll say, uh, the, they wanted the, the, the piano has never been a focus of any Zelda game. They haven't really used it. And they wanted the piano to be the main instrument, the focus. If you hear the soundtrack, which I'm probably going to pick up because I keep hearing that music in my head, um, if it's available, 
they really wanted the piano to be front and center. They really thought about that. And also, they didn't just want it to be this, uh, even though there's orchestral beats and uh, they had a, an, a very small orchestra, it looked about eight people, maybe playing different instruments. Um, but they wanted the piano to enhance the ambient noise of the you know, the footsteps, the rain. So they didn't want it to be front and center. They just wanted it to accent it. The sound designer was on there. I did not write his name down, so I apologize about that. But you can watch the documentary on YouTube and see his info on there. He's amazing. Uh, he did an amazing job. So, uh, you know, shout out to everybody uh, in, the, in the sound design. Um, and um, the last part that I thought was interesting about that uh, part, that documentary, this 10-minute documentary, was the dev team literally took a week off of development to just play the game. Now, in QA, you hear a lot of that stuff of, okay, so, you know, we have a QA team, and they're going to do this, and you hear about devs playing uh, games, but this is probably the first time I've heard of someone purposely, uh, you know, hey, we're going to shut everything down for a week, and all you're going to do is play the game. And I didn't re hear this here this time, because I've seen this documentary before, but this time I took notes. There was, um, well, they did kind of mention it here. What they said is it was interesting because... Uh, the team really came back with a lot of good notes. It's to me, it's almost like writing a draft in writing. You know, you, you go, oh, but this is the best, and then you give your draft over to someone, and they're like, well, actually, you missed this or that. Or they could come back and say, this is really great. You need to focus on X instead of Y. And I think that's what the dev team did. They really played the game and dug in and said, oh, this is an area we need to focus on. We can jettison this other stuff. Uh, so that was kind of cool to hear that they actually took a week off to just play the game. Um, uh, the last documentary is uh, The Story and Characters, which was just kind of a broad overview. I have a few hits on this one. Um, it was really difficult for them to structure um, their uh, uh, story because of the open-air concept, the idea that you can go anywhere and kind of do anything at your own pace. How do you dole out story and make sure people hit certain story beats? And I think what they did is they said that they, they didn't say exactly how they were able to pull it off, but they said the structure they had in place worked in the end, which... Playing the game, I'll get into my review. I think what it had to do was doing mini-bosses and kind of uh, pacing that out, I think, was interesting. Uh, and also, um, Zelda was the character that went through the most changes. Um, and she was the last to kind of be finalized up to the last minute because the technical director and the art designer were saying, we can make her look better and better and better. And they said it came down to like how her eyebrows looked and her the light would hit her hair. And like they really wanted to focus on her, you know, what she looked like. And I was like, wow, this really uh, blew me away. Um, that was really cool. It was cool. You can see they definitely obviously have passion. But it was amazing where uh, you're down to the 11th hour and you're trying to change one character and how that can change the game. Um, in the bonus session, it's really just an interview with the sound designer, the uh, Alnuma, the main producer... Uh, Fubayashi, and then there was another um, technical uh, director there that was like talking about gameplay and stuff like that. Um, one thing I did think was cool about um, the well, I'll talk about that in my review. But um, so for the bonus session, they, they basically just asked the developers questions. Uh, you know, what was your favorite this? What was your that? A lot of them liked uh, the shrines, the challenge shrines. Uh, they liked the ones where you get thrown up in the air. Uh, they, um, El Newman, the main producer thought it was amazing how there's one tall uh, lookout tower in the game. I mean, there's a lot of towers, but this one's taller than the rest. And he said they really did a good job with sense of scale because he goes, as you're climbing up, your stamina is going down, and you really have this feeling of uh, you're not going to make it, but you make it. It's pretty cool. Um, 
And so that was neat to see them talk about their thing. And then in the game, you can cook. Uh, but the thing is, if you screw up a cooking re- recipe, you get something called dubious food. And it's basically this food that is on a plate that has been pixelated, so you don't know what it looks like. And uh, the technical guy, uh, one of the art guys, says it was really difficult to get the look of that right um, because they didn't know what it should look like. But whoever came up, he, he didn't say who, but he said, you know, we came up with the idea of pixelating it to make it look like it's, you know, you can't look at it. And um, he said that really hit it, like really... Um, really hit him hard of like this really works and it's great and the main producer Arnuma said that it actually makes him feel worse about eating the food if it's pixelated if you could look at it you would know what it is but since it's pixelated um it makes it worse and El Numa his thing you know since he's the overall producer and he's been doing this for a very long time his big thing that kind of blew me away is he says I know one of the staples of the Zelda games is sitting in your house and playing the game but I really would encourage people to play this game as a group uh, when people can share ideas with each other, try this, try that. He said he's really looking forward <clears throat> to playing the game with his kids, which I thought was interesting. And, um, you know, since the Switch is portable, he said take it out, uh, show it to people, let them see what you're doing, uh, let them see, uh, you know, what the game is, and maybe they'll get ideas that way. So that is me covering very, very briefly uh, those documentaries. Um and I, I love them. They're really quick to watch, like I said, and they really give a lot of context. And, and I, I think I said it in the, the last section of this uh, review, but it is amazing to me that Nintendo of all companies is kind of this closed down, buttoned up company. And they actually kind of open the doors and they show you a little bit of the studio. And these people speak for, although briefly 10 minutes, it's this, you know, um, it is this focused thing, but they're really kind of peeling back the curtain going, how did we do this? How did we do this? The fact that there was UFO and cows in the games at one point that got taken away. Um, one of the concepts they talked about was a small village where Link would shrink and go down through the village. But they said they couldn't get really get it to work and they ended up jettisoning it. It's stuff like that that you don't really hear from Nintendo developers uh, at all, um, how that goes, um, that I thought was good. But watch those documentaries. Just type in, if you go to YouTube, type in Breath of the Wild, the making of. Uh, they have like a blue background. It's got the Breath of the Wild font. There's, I think, three or four, uh, three main episodes, the open air concept, uh, the characters and story in the beginning, and then the bonus session. So yeah, four. Go there, look at those. Uh, the next section is me, uh, my early reviews of the game. So I'm going to actually read, I found an old review from the game that I did, uh, years ago, and uh, it's very quick, it's very bad, but I'm going to read it, and then uh, I won't talk about it till the end, because the next section will be my final uh, review of the game, uh, because spoilers, I've actually defeated Ganon, uh, and spent 100 plus hours playing the game, don't worry, not this week, uh, when I set the game down, I only had probably 5 hours to go, so the next section will be me uh, going through my old review, uh, chastising myself a little bit, and then there will be a surprise uh, for you guys out there, and for me, really, this is a surprise to me when I found this thing. And then the last part will be my final review, but final in quotes, uh, impressions review of Breath of the Wild. So, see you guys soon. I'm back. Yeah, just a couple seconds. So, again, what I'm going to do is read a review from my other website that I was running for a while. Uh, the website is second secondratefellows.com. Uh, I wrote this on March 28th. Uh, 2017. Um, this was my kind of preliminary review of Breath of the Wild. I didn't get the game early, and I was dealing, uh, I believe my mom was sick here, 
And so, yeah, I talk about it in the review. But I'm going to read this and I'm going to critique myself uh, because this uh, review is really preliminary and bad and there's absolutely no way this would ever be published because, uh, you know, unless I did self-publish because there's no way to stop. Um, There's no way to, you know, it's it's just bad. So again, I I wrote this on March 28th, uh, 2017 and it's just called The uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, by me, Joseph Carlson. Uh, now I'm going to read from the article. Uh, I'm going to read the whole thing because it's only a few paragraphs. Let me start out by saying this is not a review. No, there are a lot of those online right now. You can go to IGN, Polygon, or GameSpot if you want to hear what score different outlets are giving the game. I wanted to talk about something different and a way that I'm looking at Breath of the Wild. It's therapy. My mother is sick. About a week ago, she got out of the hospital. The doctors told me that her liver is failing but they can't give me a time of how quickly it is progressing. So now that she's out of the hospital, I come home every night and then travel about 15 minutes over to her place and help her deal with doctor bills and prescriptions, as well as low-income assistance and food stamps. This is terrible. Not the people you have to deal with. Most of them are great. It's the idea that at any moment, my mom might not be able to deal with this anymore. Her medication she takes keeps her sharp, but this... But this last time she got out of the hospital was the second time because of her medication. Well, she didn't take the right amount of her medication or at the right time or something. I really didn't get a straight answer from her. Long story short, but the rub, as it were, is that at any moment, if something goes wrong, she could backslide. When I finish helping her out, I get to come home and play The Legend of, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's great. Really, it is. Calamity Ganon is far off in the distance, and yes, it's terrible looking. A pink mist swirling around Hyrule Castle, which every time I look at it reminds me of a Disney castle. The game gives you a lot of distance and time. You can truly go in any direction or tackle any problem after the first hour or so. You just need to get get one item to get off the Great Plateau. After the... After that, Hyrule's is yours to explore. You can climb, swim, glide, run, walk, or ride a horse across the plains, meadows, mountains, and valleys. This helps me when I think about my mother's... uh, This helps me when I think that my mother's situation is daunting. Many people talk about games being an escape, and while I understand how people come to the conclusion, fewer people talk about the therapy that games can offer. When I enter a shrine and try to solve a puzzle, it's a good way to unwind and relax. Hell... Even when I'm in combat, I keep thinking that this is a challenge, that this challenge is something that I can definitely deal with. After I get my spirit orb and I leave the shrine, I can look around and decide what direction to go. No phone calls, no paperwork, no faxing of power of attorney forms. Just a man from Hyrule on a personal quest to save the kingdom from doom. But this man has the tools to do it. With every challenge, I become a little bit more confident and a little bit stronger. Someday, someday very soon, I'll be able to take... Ganon and save Zelda. And that's it. So I might have been a little bit hard on myself when I said that, um, you know, that it was bad. It's okay. I think it's short. There's no real thesis, except that I'm giving my impression. Um, but yeah, so that was my original impression of Breath of the Wild. And the surprise part that I talked about last time is next episode, I'm going to be talking about my friend, Benjamin Arish Nelson, Nelson, who passed away uh, in uh, 2019. Uh, he had a glioplastoma. He had a brain tumor. Um, and he was sick for a while, went through a lot of treatments. 
and was, um, you know, when the disease hit him, when, you know, medication and there really wasn't a lot of options for him, when those started to run out, um, you know, he made a choice to just spend as much time as possible with his loved ones uh, without any more medical interference, as it were. But what I've done is I know um, next week I'll actually be talking to his brother. Don't worry, it's pre-recorded. I'm talking to his half-brother, and we're kind of doing in my line a series of re-eulogizing Ben and talking about Ben's life and what he meant, uh, him and his half-brother, Joseph Johnson, uh, Ben and his half-brother. They would play tabletop games and video games and hang out together, and it was really cool to talk to um, Joseph about his his brother and to re-eulogize Ben because, as I said before, when we did that original eulogy, was really subdued and quiet and his mother Ben's mother from Georgia was very religious uh there wasn't a lot of laughing which uh, Joseph and I talk about that in the podcast uh his name is Joseph as well I don't want to confuse anybody but um we talk about that that it probably wasn't the preferred way that Ben wanted to do a eulogy that you know Ben was a laugher and he was a amazing host and he wanted everybody to have a good time and he made sure that you were happy and he was happy and Um, so we really laugh a lot about Ben, but again, the surprise part, and I'm kind of, uh, slow rolling you as an old poker term goes on this, but Ben and I, back in the day, uh, around the same time I wrote this review, had a podcast called the Second Rate Fellows Podcast, and I had a Nintendo Switch on launch day. I was just lucky to get one, and I played Breath of the Wild for a week, and then I gave my Switch to Ben, uh, for about three or four days, uh, and then we sat down for two sessions, 45 minutes a piece about and we talked about what we thought about breath of the wild and i found that footage and i'm going to include it right after i'm done talking so you can hear ben you can hear his voice you can hear him be healthy and happy uh, we make each other laugh again these are two chunks of review this was uh originally came out um march uh 17th and then the march when they be the 21st but uh, the, the previous, um, the next week, we did them week to week. Um, but yeah, we sat around. He just had remodeled his upstairs. Uh, we sat around in a lounge area. Uh, he had a couch set up in an alcove. We set up, I think we just used our headset mics with a splitter and recorded into my, I don't think phone, because my phone wasn't good. I think I had an iPad that was kind of what I used. Uh, and it worked, and we talked about what we thought about Breath of the Wild. So this is more of a review discussion from uh, weeks after the game was released when we talk about what we thought about the game. So I'm including this here because it is kind of a um, a prequel or a precursor to what is going to be talked about next week. But when Joseph and I, his half-brother, talk about Ben, uh, you can know his, at least hear ben, Ben's voice and kind of get his attitude because Ben is a really cool, funny guy. And you'll hear him in this. And it was, as my wife said, she listened to some of this and she said it was it made her sad and happy at the same time to hear Ben's voice. So right after I get done hitting stop, I will put both those parts up. Um, we do talk about being interrupted. Now they're going to run uh, as the podcast. Uh, so you're going to hear a jazz thing in the beginning, which I guess back in the day I thought it was a great idea. And you're going to hear a jazz thing at the end and it goes on too long. It's like a 10 or 15 second thing. I think nowadays I just kind of want to get to the episode. I think my intro is like eight seconds. But I'll put that on, and then after that, I will be reviewing, uh, now looking back on everything, kind of giving my final impressions and review, whatever, uh, Breath of the Wild after beating Ganon and spending 
uh, as my Nintendo Switch said, about 100 hours with the game. And I'll tell you definitively, not definitively, but what I feel about the game now, uh, finishing it years later, and, um, you know, um, all the reviews have basically come out. So enjoy these uh, this hour and a half or so of Ben and I talking about Breath of the Wild. Uh, ben was a good guy. I wanted to do this as kind of a memorial because it's one thing to talk about someone. It's another thing to hear their voice. Uh, yes, we do talk about Breath of the Wild, but uh, you'll hear it. You'll hear how happy Ben was and stuff. And, and, and I think it was pretty amazing that I found this. Um, so, and I was, well, I, I, I knew where it was, but I didn't know if I could include it in the podcast. And now I can. So you guys get to hear Ben talk about uh, Breath of the Wild and we just talk in general. So I'll put that right now. Everybody, this is Joseph Carlson, and I'm here with Ben Nelson, and uh, this is uh, Second Rate Fellows, episode uh, 21, our podcast. So, um, if you want to uh, write us, it's jab at secondratefellows.com. That's a Gmail address, and uh, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, we're 21 episodes in, still no mail, <laughs> except for the ones for Viagra from Canada. So, no feedback on the show yet. Well, we haven't got the one from India saying oh, that we, we might have got some mail. That we yeah, inherited we like a whole bunch of money. I don't know. We might have got some mail over rights. I have a filter. Maybe I should turn the filter off. <laughs> All of our mail is being held back by a filter. That's that's the problem. So this week we we're going to both talk about the Switch, the Nintendo Switch. I was lucky enough to get one on launch day. Uh, I had a, a legitimate a doctor's appointment, and so I was able to basically just walk into the little-known store of Fred Meyer. Apparently it's not known <laughs> around the country, but it's just a retailer. They have groceries and... They have an electronics department, and I actually went in to go grocery shopping, and I thought maybe I could get a Switch, and they had some. So I've had the Switch since launch day. Um, I've only bought one game, so what we'll do first, uh, Ben, I let Ben borrow it for a few days. I was having withdrawals. He's he's smiling few, at me. A few days, like yeah. three. <laughs> well, yeah, I had withdrawals, um, and so I needed I needed to explore a whimsical land of Hyrule. But um, so Ben actually had some problems, so I'm going to start with your... You were using the Switch for a few days, and um, I saw it, because I came over last night, and I right. saw your problem. So I had problems with one of the controllers, the the blue, the left side, yeah, the left side. where it would unsync. Right. And it got tro- I would be running, and be running towards a cliff, and I'm trying to turn, and it wouldn't turn. And then I would finally get control, or I'm trying to move in combat, or, or just even move around. And every so often, it would lose sync, and then it would want to resync. And you'd have to t- uh, push both the top bumpers to be like, hey, yeah, yeah it's connecting, the and then hit A to get back into the game. And so it would do that every. It would do that while I was playing it on the TV while it was docked, and it was really annoying because it kind of it, 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 it your takes your play. experience away, right? Right, because you're trying to do stuff and you can't, and especially when you're in combat, or you're like, hey, I'm running to a cliff. I don't want to run off the edge of the cliff because you will run off the edge yeah. of the cliff. Or puzzles, or was another right. thing in the shrines. Yeah, and so that was a bit annoying. And then um, the other issue I had, which Joe hadn't heard of, was I would have the the switch docked. I would turn it off from there, 
and then say like the next morning I'd get up and I got the news uh, while I'm kind of getting ready for work and it would kick over to the HDMI cable that the switch is on, but nothing was right because it's in sleep mode. Right, That's really and weird. and so I had trouble not today, or at least not this morning. I don't know if anyone in my house will have trouble today because when I came home, I took it off the dock. Uh, to Which try I to want to talk to you about more and everything, but uh, but the other days had that issue, and I'd have to go to my TV settings and switch it back to the cable box. So. Right. Those were the two main issues that I had with the the Switch. Nintendo, I know the forums, people have been talking about the sync issue. Um, They want everybody's information because they want to fix it. Uh, I heard some people say that what they did is if their phone was nearby, maybe it was Bluetooth or Wi-Fi interference, Mm -hmm. to move that away from your phone. Um, I think what I was thinking, because I didn't experience it, our setups are kind of the same, but your living room is obviously bigger than my den. Yeah. what my thing is, is I'm a short distance from the Switch when I play. And then two, I don't have my phone near my Switch or anything. You know, you got other people in your house. Maybe they're using their phone. That could be... But even I was downstairs by like by myself. Right, yeah. And my phone always... When I get home, I usually turn the Bluetooth off because I'm not on the Bluetooth in it. And it just and drains the battery. Drain, anyway. It'll drain battery yeah, fast, yeah. I noticed, with the, the Bluetooth. Um the Wi-Fi may or may not be on. A lot of times I turn my Wi-Fi on because I'm more likely to use my Wi-Fi. Right, you don't want to pay. Ready. Yeah, you uh, don't want to pay your data. And so, and so, but I, and the phone may have been in between me or it would be to the side, but I was in a straight line to the switch. It was, right, yeah. it was there off to the side of the TV. Or... It wasn't behind anything blocking a yeah. straight line to, to it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a software fix. You know, because they are trying to collect data from people like mm-hmm. this is exactly, you know, they're like, be very specific when you write in, say, you know, I was this far, this is where my phone was, it was a foot away or whatever. Um, hopefully they fix that because I didn't experience it, but I saw you right. and I could imagine when you're in a shrine trying to complete a puzzle in Zelda and you jump off the side or, you know, you, you know, you leap somewhere. Well, you, well, you saw me run off a cliff once. Yeah, you that, ran off a cliff. And, then I, and, I, and I'm going, look, Joe, look, I, I'm hands off. And yeah. And, I'm running. Or you kept falling down, like you were climbing, but you kept falling down and then climbing up. It was like in this weird loop. Right. Where you were like, luckily there was like a ledge and you were just kind of like climbing and jumping yeah. down and climbing. And Joe kept and thinking on his way and I'm like, look, I'm trying to go up. Yeah, it's and he not would, doing, he would show me it. like... And then I was like, what, have you never used a controller before? He's like, it's not me, man. And, he, and I was like, every gamer says that. And he's like, no, no, it's really not me. Yeah. But um, what I want to talk to you, so the good things about the Switch, mm-hmm. um, you played it more in handheld more probably than I did. Um, I played so about today, an hour. Today I played all handheld Yeah. because I had people watching television. Yeah, which so is I great, just put, right? So I just put earphones in and... And so it's great that I could sit there and play while people watch TV. Right. And, and it's the same and experience, right? Right. Because they say that with the Wii U... Um, it's not, the screen wasn't as br- as sharp as the s- screen on the Switch. The screen um, on the Switch, um, the only thing I would, might would do would be adjust the, the color settings a little, because sometimes it's like a little Seems bright. a little muted. Well, it's, to me it's like a little, like bright, I need a little more clarity in the stuff. Um, the only thing, the only thing I kind of didn't like about playing it on the, as a handheld versus the, uh, on the TV was, um, I like honey i like doing like i like doing a lot of stuff that's not the mission yeah in an open in a a sandbox environment i love exploring and we'll do a whole section on zelda so this is just the hardware stuff but but yeah but this would be it would be so visually i'd be running all of a sudden it's like oh 
so in the television, it'd be hard enough to see, oh, wait, that was a flock, of, that was a bird, and I'm thinking it's a rock, and I run up and he, and he flies by, I was like, oh, I was going to shoot the bird if I knew that was a bird. Well, it was even harder to notice. Right, in handheld. So in handheld, some little little things that are going on, a little, little more hard to notice, but all in all, it wasn't, not, wasn't too bad. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, what I've heard people say, it, it, like the commercial they show you of people, like there's a one uh, TV spot for like the Super Bowl mm-hmm. where it just shows that kid like get up. Um, and he just plays it. He just like wakes up. It's on his nightstand. He starts playing Zelda, mm-hmm. and then he, uh, and then he's playing, and then he goes to, like the living room, pops it down, and then half a second later, it's on the TV. Yeah, I mean, I did do that. That's what the system does. That's not, uh, you know, you always see in uh, commercials with tech. They're always like image, uh, uh, you know, image, image not displayed or like, yeah. like image. What are they? What are they? Dra- image dra- dramatization or not final image right. or you know they'll put a disclaimer there like this isn't what the final image is or whatever. But like the switch really does that. Yeah. I, I mean, the moment you pop it in the dock, you have. Yeah, I did that yesterday, and that was really cool. All you had to do is just take the controllers off, right? And which I is did it on the, yeah. the little hand thing, and so that was really cool. I didn't have it. I didn't do where it's on the screen and you pull it off. And it goes straight. I don't think I did that. So, like, if you're playing on TV and then you want to take it to go and you put the controls and you take it off the dock. And oh, yeah. Goes. I, I well, can't you, remember if I did that or not. I don't think Well, I you did that because I was here and you had it in okay. your lap yeah, but playing. That, right. But then I docked it. Oh, okay. Or or maybe I should. But anyway, it, yeah, it, it, it changes it's seamlessly. It's simple. I mean, Just it, to it's pop really the controllers it, on it, and off yeah. the side is like a... 15 second and, thing. And the fact that, you know, when you got, if someone's got the TV on, like someone was watching TV, and then when they left uh, on one of the days, I actually docked it and it right there, and I took the controllers off, and then I could sit down, and that yeah, was and all I had to do. Yeah. And that I, was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and so every time you play it, you're like, yeah, it, the, like, because you see advertising stuff all the time, and you're like, that's not what Clorox does or whatever, you know, <laughs> it's not going to get your shirts that white. Yeah. But this is something where you see it and you start using it and say, this looks exactly how they're saying it works. Now, Everybody can talk about power. That was the one thing that kind of blew my mind when they announced the Switch. Everybody's like, well, it's not as powerful as a PS4. It's like, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're basically comparing a PC to a phone. Like, yeah. phones are powerful, but they're not a PC. Yeah. But the, you know, just the um, convenience of having a phone in your pocket. Well, you yeah, is, 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 this is a more versatile device. Yeah, and that was the one thing that when we initially showed me the trailer and I watched it and everything, it was that was what I liked about it. Yeah, and Nintendo games have always been a little bit different than everybody else's right, and right. stuff, and so, and so it's a little bit like they're they're the same. They're 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 in the fruit, but they're a different fruit. I mean, right. they're not taking. Well, you know, do you like do you like star Ray Bears versus? The the Roma apple versus whatever they're they're a little slightly different. They're fruit. the star fruit. Yeah, they're the star fruit of the fruit family. <laughs> Everybody sees the star fruit like what? Yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying though. And my thing with uh, you know, we've all played games that look amazing and they're not uh, fun to play. Um, but we've all uh, had games that were really uh, maybe didn't look the best, but like mm-hmm. super fun to play. Yeah. And I think that's Nintendo's thing is. You know, is it fun? Are we having a good time? Is it enjoyable? Not, oh man, this isn't, you know, this isn't uh, the division. It, it doesn't look that gritty. Yeah. Like game, another game you and I play. But like the gameplay is just so solid just on their games that they're able to squeeze a lot more out of their hardware yeah. than, um, 
than other developers, you know? Yeah. I like the idea of having a micro SD card as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I think when you turn, when you put the micro SD card in, it locks it to that system. So it, it writes some kind of data that if you take it out, and if I was to take my SD card out, try to put it into your Switch, it would say this SD card belongs to another Switch owner. Right. So I think maybe later they'll have a system where you can transfer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the the micro SD cards right now are kind of expensive where I got them. I tried to buy the exact same brand that was on Nintendo's live stream because the Treehouse people were showing you how to put the SD card in. Right. And they said, this is the one we bought. So I got really weird. I'm sure you can buy any brand of micro SD card. But my thing was like, well, if they use it in the demo, then that's what you got to use. Yeah. And even the 256 gigabyte ones are almost as much as the switch itself yeah so like i got a 128 one for 40 bucks which yeah. to me is fine the uh so we're talking about uh i'm playing on the uh playing it and handheld yeah and people talk about battery life so i got on it just about pretty much the time i got home which is 4 30 i took a small break while i was eating so 15 you minutes, could have put it up 20. on the kickstand there's a kickstand in the back and you could have no, I no. Just... I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess it. Oh, and uh, and so and then I just stopped. What probably about fifteen minutes or not? Probably ten minutes ago. Right. So I got about three hours. Is it of gameplay before? Because just before I turned it off, uh, for us to record, I got a low battery. Oh, okay. okay. And so a lot of people complain. I, we're talking about the the battery, and I'm thinking, you know, three hours for a handheld device that size. It's outputting with that graphic Zelda. and everything. I don't see why people are complaining because really after three hours you might really should be doing that. Now I'm a gamer and I have, I don't play like I used to, and I've been my game. Ben's clock time is what he's saying. Yeah. I know what Ben. I've been on off and when at World of Warcraft when I was playing at fifty hours a week, people, and I still yeah. kept my job and I still paid my bills. Yeah, and, so, <laughs> and, and Ben's online, so yeah, I mean, that's so I don't see what the the problem is for the three hours. Right, I, and I then think too, like if you're that hard up, there is external batteries. There's yeah. tons of websites that are checking for you know, can you play while it's charging? Yeah. Do you have to dock it? it? Go look at those. Like CNET, I'm sure is doing those. Yeah. I know Digital Foundry is very good for so that. I think I think three hours being able to get three hours of good game time in before you get a a warning yeah. that hey, low battery on a portable device like that with that quality. I'm happy. I'm yeah. Thrill short. Four hours would be. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like four hours would be a little better. But three, I think, is perfectly re- reasonable. Right, and and it's also the type of game because there's going to be yeah. small independent games that aren't going to, you know. Well, six- you look at the screen size. You look at. So when you on my phone, if I'm playing uh, Super Farm Heroes, and I'm just playing that, that burns through phone that that burns through my phone battery yeah and you're thinking this is just super farm hero yeah you know so if you think about all the the little graphics and everything that's going on and the energy on that for just a little i i'm i'm like i said i anyone who has a problem with the battery life they need to get a reality check yeah well again there's there's i don't i mean yeah nintendo probably could have done a better job with whatever but again Everybody has problems with your. There. Well, everybody has problems with their phones and like, yeah. oh, I'm out and I need a charger. If you're traveling and you want the switch to last for five hours, there's options for you to go yeah. get an external battery that will keep it alive that much more. Um, for me, right now, it hasn't been a problem. One, I'm really nervous about taking it out because I haven't been able to find a case with a really good review yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I get that, I will take it out because I will be waiting in doctors' offices and things. Yeah. I got some stuff going on and. And yeah. the idea of just sitting there, like, waiting for something or whatever and being able to pop that out and play it, you yeah. know. The, the, 
plugging the the one thing that everyone's talked about that's playing and we might as well bring this up is if you're if you're plugging into an ex, uh, a charger source and you're trying to watch a movie and you're trying to set it down on your stand you can't you can't yeah and that whoever thought about that yeah that that, that should have been a big they should lose their Christmas bonus for the next ten years. Yeah, because you could because put it on the ridiculous. side. Because that's ridiculous. Now there, there is like a stand you can buy with a hole in the bottom of the stand. Right, but, but why, like, why should did... you have to buy something extra? For right, that? that is stupid and so yeah, on. Yeah, that to me that's one of the things you're like, what and what, why is it underneath? Why isn't right. it? And that know? would be one of my big complaints. Right. And then there's one other one. We'll get to. We'll let you finish on on the 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 charging thing. Well, I mean, for, for my thing is like I think there. I know a lot of people were down on it when it got announced. I think some of that was the feed coming from Tokyo. It was a live event. So you're trying to follow this stuff. They have interpreters, uh-huh. and the feed kept cutting out. So, right. I mean, everybody's, like, kind of down on it. Oh, you know, and then they were announcing how much the peripherals were, and then people got all over that. Right. And um, I've heard good reviews. I haven't used a Pro Controller, uh-huh. which is basically just a three, an Xbox 360 controller. Right. Um, but everybody's saying that is, like, really good to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels good. It, it syncs instantly with it. You know, like, I've, I've used the Wii, and I've used the Wii U, and that was a pain. There's a button on the side you had to press. You had to press a button on the controller. You had to wait for him to recognize. If you had a bunch of people in the room, they had to do that four times or right. whatever. And and this is just apparently, from what I'm hearing, the reports is you click it. Oh, look, you have a controller. Boom, you're in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the UI, too, is really Spartan, but I like that. Because to me, it, that's just stuff in the way for you to, to do what you're doing. I right. want to go to the eShop. Click on the eShop. I'm right. in the eShop. Click on a game. I want to play a game. I have it on the hard drive. It's it's I'm playing it. You know right. the idea of hitting the home button and going from the home button to your game in ten minutes is like ten seconds is amazing. Yeah, you know it, not it, even the that. Load and everything yeah, is really it, it's really great. good. So what was uh, what were you gonna? So the other issue is uh, where you, they have the X, the Y, the A, and the B button. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. It drove it, and it still was driving me crazy. Yeah. Wait till you go back to playing Xbox. Just wait, Ben. I've done it, and you're like, oh, I just, I don't want to exit out of this. I want. Oh, that's not where they. <coughs> yeah, it's just one of those things where, I, I wonder if honestly, like Microsoft patented that layout. Yeah. Because Nintendo's always had, the B and A understand because you know the NES controller B was here, A was here. Right. So A was on the far right, B was on the left. Mm-hmm. So I get that part, but the X and Y. Did I wonder if they did patent like where the layout was of the buttons, and so Nintendo had to go yeah. the other way? Um, it's just one of those things where like, come on, man, yeah. like that. There is a meme I saw, and it showed like all the different controllers through the years, and the triangles move, and the X and Y moves, and everything moves, and it's like this is why I have trouble playing video games. Yeah, my crap. You, know, you didn't have this problem crouching. with the PC. Right, yeah. You know, the mouse button is always on the, the left. There's the, always a right he can, button. He can reset everything the way you want. I had a friend that all his movements controls were off of the keypad, and he he could oh, he right, could yeah. he could manage with the keypad and the mouse like just excellent, and he was happy with that. I just went to traditional school, and and yeah, and so that's the thing. I still love first-person shooters, and I love PC control, being right. able to do stuff and the options. Yeah, I mean, we're, but, I don't think but, we're yeah, both. It's like, can we just people? Quit trying to outdo each other, and can we just for for the 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 sake of the gamers and to show that you love the fan base, whether they're Nintendo well, or PlayStation, or whatever, standardize the right. controls. Well, one thing they did do, which I really like, is I guess if you pull up one of the toggles, just move it out of the way. 
they wrote a message for everybody that bought it says thank you oh. and it's in it's very small but uh-huh. it's just uh thank you for gamers or like thank oh, you for buying cool. it so it's stenciled inside it's very small you got to kind of use a magnifying glass but somebody found it uh-huh. and it's on every pro controller you buy so oh, it's like cool. hey thanks for buying this um it is a little bit more expensive than pro controller um but there's more hardware in it mm-hmm. the aiming thing that i showed you yeah like we're playing I, I, Zelda, I played with that a little do bit you, today. you get better with it um well, I, I, it wasn't towards the end because I'd forget about it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I can aim about it. And I was trying to get used to running because I was trying to run oh, down yeah. a fox. I was running Did down a fox. Did you hit fo- a fox? I got a fox. Oh, yeah, I can never I get I got one shot on Michelin. Then he ran that bugger. And I'm like, all right, let's try the arrow. And, and I'm and trying to think how I want to move the bow versus my thumb for movement. It took a while, but right. I finally chased that bugger down and got him. Oh, do you get meat? Do you just get meat? Yeah, I think it was just meat, but still. I got the bug. I could never get. I could never get the fox. They're just too fast. So hey, I got frogs and lizards too, man. Oh, oh yeah. And a fish. I never got. I got the fish. I got the. We'll do Zelda. We'll do the whole thing on Zelda. <laughs> so overall, I mean, you liked it was besides the desyncing. You, the, you had a good time. Uh, by, yeah, but other than the desyncing, that was the big thing that really annoys you. It's like it's like when you're trying to watch something on your PC or your phone or whatever and you keep get stuck in buffering. Yeah, and you're like bu- you play you play two seconds and then you're buffering you're the like famous, um, the famous um, white and black wheel that moves yeah, around. You know, you're trying to listen to the, a song or watch a movie and it's like and so that I'll come on quick. The trailer buffering. is the worst. Yeah. Especially when a trailer drops and you're like, I really want to watch this. Or it's a song you really like and you're just like, hey, I haven't listened to this song forever. And apparently it's And I'm not going to listen to it today because it's buffering. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to do um, a whole... The next thing it's going to be just about Zelda. It's the only launch game I got. But we both had... Uh, I spent about 15 hours playing it. Uh, ben probably spent about 5 or 10 and so we're going to just talk about early experiences. Obviously, no spoilers because I haven't spoiled them for myself. I haven't looked them up online, and I haven't encountered like main story beats yet. So except for the one main thing yeah. that kind of keeps maybe spoilers on stuff we figured out how to do, but other than that, right? Um, so we'll do that next. Uh, so stay tuned. All right, we're back. Uh, that was that. Strangely, it took way too long to do that. So what we're gonna do now is we're both gonna talk about uh, Zelda because um, I really that was the one thing where I I tried to go kind of media black before it got released, but I I really have enjoyed Zelda over the years and the fact that there hadn't been a Zelda in like five or six years, you start getting the itch, right? And uh, the more and more you hear about this game, about it being open and the art style I really liked from the trailers I mm-hmm. saw. And um, so I got that, which uh, anecdotally, I'll tell you, it, that game cost me probably 100 bucks. Because what happened was I was in Best Buy months ago and I had a gift card. And, you know, you usually got to scratch off the gray area of the gift card to get the code for the money. Um, well, the, the cashier did a trick where she kind of peeled the side off and then she ripped the whole gray section off and oh. got to the code. And I was like, oh, that's a cool trick. So I got an e-card to download Zelda, and I tried to do that. But it didn't rip all the way. And it obscured the numbers. So for three times, three or four times, my wife and I tried to keep putting the code in and to no avail. So I had to go get another card, uh, another $50 card, and put it in to 
and then that one worked. So I have, I had some Christmas money, so I was able to get Zelda, and I still have money in my account. But Zelda cost me more than most people probably, <laughs> unless they bought like the master edition of the game. But um, I'll let you. How many hours did you play? Uh, let's see. It probably didn't. Yours didn't roll over. So three. Yeah, I I probably played three. I probably at least probably close to twelve hours. 10, wow. Okay. Ten or twelve. So yeah, because I can only play for like an hour a night because. Um, my, I have to get up early in the morning for my job and everything, but, um, so I played for about 15 hours. Maybe eight, somewhere in there. So the only thing that we know, well, the only thing that I've seen real story-wise has been, um, you go through the Great Plateau, which is the beginning. Right. And you meet, uh, somebody who gives you the ability to give you the paraglider so you can actually glide off. The plateau. Oh, that guy ticked me off. Yeah. He does a thing where he says, well, if you go do this one thing for me, I'll give you the paraglider. You do it. And he goes, hey, how about you do that four more times? And then I'll give you the paraglider. And you're like, that wasn't. And you can actually tell him that's not the deal or whatever. Yeah, it did. And, and then he, what does he say? It's like, like kind of tough luck. I changed the deal. Like, oh, okay. Because yeah, I was like, like all it's like right. You're, it's like, it's basically, you're in, you're in no position. You need the glider. I got the glider. It's a seller's market. Yeah, basically. I was like. Darn it, or whatever that like okay yeah, whatever you I, want. I was like, hey old man. I I was really like, come on. But um, I really like the idea of. I saw the trailer in Japanese for the game. That very opening scene where you run out of the first shrine and you are overlooking that bluff and you just uh-huh. see everything. And uh, when I saw it, it was really small. It wasn't on my phone. It was just it was on my computer, but I didn't maximize it, so the screen was. Probably eight inches by eight inches. Sorry mm-hmm. for our non-European writing listeners that don't <laughs> write into the show. But uh, it was really small, and it looked really neat, right? right? But when it was on my TV, I mean, a 55-inch TV that I have, and that's I had it docked, that moment is amazing. The way the sun's rising, you see the the you know the wind's blowing, you know, and then, then you get the title, you know, Breath of right. the Wild. And to me, that was a great moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the idea that... Even months later, people are still discovering things about this game. I'm reading articles where people are like, hey, did you know you can do this? Did you know you can do this? Yeah. I can't believe you can do that. Um, and that's, you know, usually, like the way games are nowadays, too, you know, there's a lot of games coming out this year, and I've done it. I know Ben's done it, where you get excited about something, but then something else comes along, and you get excited by that, and you kind of put the first thing down. Like, really, I just want to keep messing around in Zelda. I... I my wife has Horizon on PS4, the new game that came out, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, she got Resident Evil weeks ago. I want to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I keep like, okay, well, um, I could do that, or I could try to find this other village in Zelda that I've heard is around this area, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those things where I just want to write an open letter to game developers and be like, hey, sorry for everybody else that's releasing a game this year, but... I kind of just want to play this game for the rest of the... I'm good. You know, there's so much to do. Um, Just things like, um, you know, you can tame horses in this game, you know? And you can find a lot of horses. Um, And you can find Epona, the most famous horse in the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, I guess if you know where to look, I don't know where to look. I've also tried not to look at things online that spoil the story. Because you can go online and be like, here's where the Master Sword is, and here's where how to get all your heart containers and here's and I haven't looked at that you know mm-hmm. I've just been well I want to try to discover this stuff you know yeah. and that idea of hey what's over there you know because like in other open world games uh, like Ubisoft is definitely like we're playing the division so like 
when you'd uncover an area, they would mark everything on the map instantly. Right. Here's your side mission. Here's your main mission. Mm-hmm. Here's the story mission. Here's your security mission. It's all there. But like when you find an area in Breath of the Wild, you don't know what's in the... It'll just show you the topography of the map. Right. So you know there's a mountain here and there's a lake here and there's some woods here. But you don't know if there's a shrine there, if there's a town. Could be some stables. There might be some enemy camps. You don't know any of that. You actually have to look around for that stuff. And it, to me, that makes it more special when you find that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoy that. I mean, there's a little bit of the frustration. It's like, where to go? But then that's what's kind of cool about the these true sandboxes is you got to find out. Yeah, you... you yeah, and, and the thing is, you can also... They give you the pins. Mm-hmm. So you can mark the map and go, there's something there. I'm right. going to mark it. I'll come back uh, later. Yeah. Um, which I think is great. And then they have icons, so you can be like, I think that's treasure. So I'll mark that as treasure. Or there's a big bad enemy, and I wasn't strong enough, so I'm going right. to mark that. Which you did something. And I, know I can come back. You did something I didn't do, which, which in the beginning area, there's a, like a creature you find, and he gets really aggressive. And Ben beat him. I didn't beat him. Because I had an idea what to do, but he beat me. And Ben just whooped him pretty easy, actually. Even it, with it, his well, con- it took me a little bit because well, I was trying a couple of things. Well, and I tried a couple of things that didn't kind of work. Yeah. Like, try to blow him up. <laughs> it didn't. Well, yeah, didn't he was really a rock creature. Hey, rocks blow up and right. and you got to be the right rock. Right, apparently not. Yeah, apparently not with your crappy bomb. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, no. Nah. Hey, if I could have planted that bomb on the top of him, that probably would have done damage. Off, because I've I've. Uh, the, the little ore things that you know you, that you can take a hammer to. Oh yeah, you can blow those up and. and oh okay, okay. I discovered I did that. Well, good. I then I don't need that. to find a hammer somewhere to do yeah, that. Yeah, so That's you can good. just throw a bomb over there, and then you have to watch the material will, especially if yeah, it's, like it's got a cliff, recharge. It it goes down a little bit. Luckily, oh yeah, it wasn't as steep. I did cliff. that. There was one Bacoblin camp where I snuck up on the guys <laughs> and I was on top of where they were on uh-huh. a bluff. And what I did is I just took a bomb and instead of throwing it, you just place it down and it just rolled down the hill. And I just, I just waited for it. I just waited for it to roll down the hill, and I was so far, I was so far above them that they didn't know where I was. So I blew it up and I killed like two of them. And there was a bigger one who didn't know. So then he's looking around, and I'm like, I just rolled another one down the hill. And then he looked around, and then I did it again. and I killed him, and it was so it was really I had the gratifying. opposite reaction where I was the, the they were up the hill, and I was running up there. And my weapon broke, and it's two of the blue ones, so they're they're harder hitter and right, everything. Right, yeah. So I'm running down the hill. I get a bomb and I dro- <laughs> and I kind of drop it, and it's rolling down the hill with me. I'm like, well, this kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 <laughs> and no, no, then no. I go, That's why you use the square bomb. <laughs> yeah, the, and they say that in the tips, like the square bombs won't roll, and you're like, well, of course they wouldn't roll. <laughs> and I didn't realize I hadn't switched it, and it's like. All right, so let me just run all the way down here. They didn't follow me, and it wouldn't have done any good anyway because it ran right across their one of their cave buildings, and I and it's not like I can't stay in the blast area. So it's like, no, no, I did that one time. Those bombs hurt. <laughs> oh God, dude! I mean, it kept, it caught a field on fire. Was in I caught a horse on fire because <laughs> uh, of bokoblins. Some right. of them are actually riders. They're actually tame, but they're wild horses. Uh-huh. So I blew. I was trying to get a bokoblin, and he chased me. So I just dropped it behind me and blew it up. He went flying over my head, but it caught the field on fire, and it caught the horse on fire. The horse took off and wasn't on fire, but the bokoblin was, like, getting up, and he was still on fire. And the horse just was, like, waiting. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, he didn't (laughs) run away. He was like, I don't. But, see, that's the thing. is like Ben and I could both play the game, and we could do this, like, all day. Like, did you try this? Did you try that? Oh, or, like, uh, or you find different things. Like, um, I was showing him, uh, he was talking about how to, to, there's this little chasm, 
and you can kind of run down and you have to kind of climb up to get to the other side. Well, what I did when I found out was you could take an axe and go to the tree and if you're on the backside facing the chasm and you chop the tree, the tree, if it's big enough, will fall and then you can cross the tree carefully. Yeah. But you can, uh, a much quicker way, just go across. And he's right. like, what? And, and on one of them, it dropped a leaf that you could pick up and use as a weapon. And, and I never got that. I never like, got that leaf. He's like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's this. And, I, and, I and then you were finding enemy. a bunch of them. Like, you're rubbing it in my face. Like, yeah, and I, and oh, so there's whatever, like another I one. I'll just throw this one away. And if you if they're far enough away and you swing, it creates a, like a vortex of air and pushes them far away from And they you. lose their weapon, too. Yeah. And so he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, man. Yeah. And then, um, but everybody kind of, some people like the durability because they have like a, uh, your weapons have a durability. Mm-hmm. Some people like it. Some people didn't like it. I liked it because it makes you more engaged in combat. You're like, oh man, this is gonna break. I got one shot. Um, you know, some people don't like it because they think, oh, I don't want to pause combat to select another weapon, you know, or whatever. I was a little on on both. I I can deal deal with the durability. I've I've had other games with durability. Yeah. I think the durability could be just a little bit longer. Right. Because it's like you can't even get through a battle and. Until like three things, three, like a like bat three breaks. Weapons, or, yeah, and, and well, you know, and, and even to, when you get like this, like a bigger weapon, you're like, ooh, this should last a little bit longer. Mm, yeah, but no. I di- I did hear later in the game, like we're not that far in, but I yeah. did hear the later you get, you find weapons that do not break as often. Yeah. So I think it like, you know, if you pick up a rusty sword, which I did, you're you're like, yeah, I got three hits and this thing's gone. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's, I mean, there's so many little things like, uh, I think. The shrines, which are optional, you get spirit orbs, and that gives you... You pray to the goddess. You'll find a statue you'll pray. After you get four orbs, you can go for more stamina, which is a big deal for climbing and running and swimming. Mm-hmm. Or you can go for uh, heart containers. Um, and everybody says, oh, man, that's four. I found out uh, my sister-in-law's husband was playing the game um, on the Wii U, which the Switch version actually has voice acting. The mm-hmm. Wii U version does not. It's all text. Right. But uh, you go to one of the people uh, that you find is like a, the Zora, which they're in other Zelda games, and they're all water people. They're like half, half, uh, they're like half merman or whatever. They give you a, a suit, and you can swim. So you don't have to worry about uh, your stamina oh, so you while you're catch swimming. catch fish so much easier. Yeah, I know. And, oh. and he showed it to me, and I was like, where is that? And he goes, I can show you. And part of me was like, I want to know. But part of me was like, I want to find out where that is. You know, I want to run around and find... Where this village is, because I want that suit. There's something I want you to try for me. Uh-huh. And I thought about trying it, but I was trying to get a lot of game time in, because like I said, I only have a short short time, and I don't play video games enough. Like, I have backlog on my PC through Steam yeah. and through my so Xbox. So is everybody else, Ben. Those sales are yeah, killers. Yeah, but, they, they, but everyone plays probably more than I do. I mean, I get, but anyway, when you see a school of fish, throw a bomb in there and set it off. I'm curious if he'll kick the oh. fish up out of the water and onto the land. Or... The I wonder what like the Octorock when you beat the Octoroks their bladder uh they pop their bladder out uh-huh. and you can use it as a balloon. I wonder yeah. if you could throw that in the water if it would it would shoot the fish up in the air or something. I don't know, but try the bomb thing. I mean I'm yeah. from the south and, and, and you know southern like to use the dynamite. You you know? do dynamite fishing? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. And then um I just read today that or I think I told you that 
If you have a rusty weapon, if the Octorok is going down, if you time it right and throw it at him, he'll suck your weapon in, and then he'll spit it out at you, and he cleans all the rust off of it. Yeah. So you I, can, I, I tried it, but I didn't, get, you gotta I didn't time, time it. it right. See, to me, that's an amazing thing that is like a once-in-a-lifetime shot of like, yeah. okay, I'm going to aim. That's one yes. in a million. Yeah, and then you get it, and you're like, I got it. I can't believe it. But, I mean, they, um, you know, the way they designed the game was... Like, they really did give you a lot of, like, well, what if we did this, or what if we did that, and what if, and, and what we didn't say is the beginning area, the plateau, the Great Plateau, you go, the shrines you go in, like, your Sheikah Slate, which is in the trailers, it basically looks like a switch, you use it to power magnets and stuff, they give you all those abilities within the first hour of the game, you know, the whole point is, you know, you meet somebody who is going to give you the paraglider, he wants you to go to those shrines, and then you don't have to go in anymore if you don't want. Yeah. But they're giving you all the tools at your disposal in the first hour to basically do anything in the game. You know, you can cheese puzzles. Like, you were, you and I, like, play Portal, and I was telling right. you it reminded me a lot of Portal. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier today. Right, where you, you kind of overthink things. You're like, oh, man, how do I get from over there, and I, then i got to do this. I and, did that tonight. Yeah, and then what you do is, like, within five minutes you solve it because you're like, oh, I just need to get this over there. Yeah, like these two I, things. I did a puzzle today that I, I figured out fairly quick what I needed to do in the first part. And then... I'm looking at the second part and I go up and I'm kind of looking at it and I kind of know what needs to be done, but I thought wrong and I did all this work to get to the top to realize I didn't need to do that because getting <laughs> to the top didn't put me where I need to be. And so it was like, I could have solved this puzzle if I just thought, just slightly realized that sooner and like 15 minutes faster. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's when you're like, you're like, Okay, I know I'm a I'm a fairly intelligent individual, but now I I feel like a complete moron. Well, I did. There was one I did, which um, it's actually in a trailer, so I'm not really giving away any spoilers. But it's basically those old marble games where you try to balance a marble mm -hmm. and get it out of a maze. They do that where they drop this ball that you there's this floating platform. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Platform so there's this the floating platform. platform, and they drop a ball in there, and there's all these fences. So you have to get the ball around the fences, like down these paths. Oh, I did a different one. And you have to get it. Uh, you know, while you're balancing this thing, and there's a gyro thing in the controller. So you're trying to balance, you're moving the controller, trying to balance this board and get this ball off onto this platform and go on a weight so it opens a door. So I messed around with that for like 10 minutes, and it's fallen off because the fences have holes in it, so you have to guide it. It's a maze, you know? And I got so frustrated what it is, I flipped my controller upside down, and the bottom of the thing is a flat surface. Uh -huh. So then I just rolled the ball... Like, basically just made a slingshot out of it, like a catapult. And I just catapulted it forward where it wouldn't... Like, if I had it the other way, it might hit the, the, the fence area. Mm -hmm. But I did this where I just flipped it over, and it just it made it on the weight. So I kind of cheesed the puzzle, but they allow you to flip it over. So, like, they probably thought, well, someone's going to try to just right. flip this over and make... You know, they're just going to try to do this. It's like, like, hey, if you think to flip it over, congrats. Yeah. and um, But then they, they put chests in all the shrines... And you find very powerful weapons in the... Usually you find ore or uh, weapons, you know? I found I found a the one I was working on today on the chest. I found, I think it was like a 30 or like a 50 rupee. Oh. Like a, like a high value. 50 rupee, rupee or whatever? Yeah. 50 rupee coin? Yeah. I found 100. I found a silver rupee. Oh, wow. For 100. Um, it's actually near one of the towers. Unless it's procedurally generated, there's a tower you go to and you mm -hmm. find... Anyway... Um, but, I mean, overall, like, I'm kind of blown away that... You know, everybody harps on Nintendo because they're like, oh, you're going to come out with another Mario Kart, or you're going to come out with another Mario game, you know, another platforming Mario game, you know? Or you're going to come out with another Zelda. It's just mm -hmm. going to be this, you know, rote 
you know, kind of corridor kind of experience where you kind of funnel people from experience to experience. Right. Yeah, you're going to get the hook shot and that'll open up another part of the dungeon. We've all seen it before. And with this one, they were really like, no, we need to do something different and something better. Mm-hmm. And I think they have. You know, I mean, it's amazing to me that you, I still have those moments where you find something going, well, I never thought I'd see that in yeah. the game. You know, like you'll see a tower somewhere, you'll see a stable, or you'll just see a camp of people just sitting there talking. Or Well, the fun thing about these this type of game too versus like the division um which i i really much enjoy doing is two people can play and find different things yeah. and and like i said in the short time that we've played like i realized i've missed i missed a a puzzle like a whole area oh and so and so it's like i would need to try to figure out if i can even get back to do it um, yeah, again, I think for me, I haven't been using the pins and I need to start using those. Because I'll see something and go like, I need to go, that is yeah. something that I'll need to do later. Or I need to figure that out. Or that looks like treasure, but I don't know how to get to it. I'll mark it. And then I'll come back and be like, man, where was that? I don't remember where that yeah. was. Because it, it's so easy. You get to explore and, and you, you have squirrel moments. Yeah. Because like, I was trying to get to one of the towers. I'm like, I'm going to get to that tower today. And be like, ooh, what's that over there? And like, okay, where, where, wait a minute, which direction was the tower again? I didn't mark it. Where is it? Okay, there it is. And so I go, and I'm like, what's that over there? And you find stuff on the way that kind of divert your attention, and you're but, like... But that's the thing is, too, the stuff you find, it doesn't feel like a waste of time. No. It isn't like, oh, I shouldn't have done this for 20 minutes. It's like, you know, I figured out this, I figured out this, I got this weapon, like I got more money, I found a horse now that I can ride. Like, there, it, it's always something that feels useful. You know, it doesn't a new feel resource. right because you know we've like we both play World of Warcraft, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I need to do this mission, or I need to I need to literally grind for yeah. this for faction rep or whatever, and you're literally sitting there for two hours trying to collect feathers or a coin or something, and you're like, what am I? So I can just buy like a helm or something like it doesn't. Uh, or you're 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 grinding just to get stuff to do a dungeon, or right? Whatever. Yeah, and and I mean with this game, it feels like, you know. I don't know what's over there, but it's rewarding to go over there, and I feel like I've been properly rewarded. Since we did mention World of Warcraft, there is one thing in the gameplay that really aggravated me, and that was the cooking. Because oh. you find, you figure out a recipe, and it would be nice as if they had an area where you could scroll through recipes that you found, instead of having to remember, how did I make this again? And so, that would something like that would have been cool... Or if they had a way where you could mark at least certain recipes. So yeah. after a while, you could, like, if you're like, I'm too high level to just make pepper steak. I can forget that recipe. And I can remember ones that that help keep me warm right. in the cold section or my stamina. And so that you could at least mark favorite recipes. Right. Something like that would have been, I think, really great for the cooking section. Yeah, um, I the think there's guides. Takes, I think there's guides online that. Yeah. Uh, and it just it just seemed time consuming to cook because you're like, all right, I just made only six things, and it seemed like it just took a lot of time well, to go through. I, especially when you kept trying to, because I'm used to the Xbox controller, and I kept hitting the back button. Hey everybody, it's me, Joseph Carlson, and I'm here with Ben Nelson, and this is the Second Rate Fellows Podcast, episode 22. Um, and this week, we're going to talk uh, in the first segment about 
Breath of the Wild again. We got cut off mm-hmm. last time. I hope I can remember everything. Well, you you were talking about what you didn't like about the game. Yeah. Which there's things I don't like about the game. So um, so we'll go over that. You said you didn't like cooking. Yeah. The, the, the uh, it's really cumbersome to cook. It is. It is, it is too cumbersome. Right. To yeah. Because you only can cook one meal at a time. And you can only hold five items while you're cooking. Which which is fine. It's the, it's the five. It, I, I, I get the five items as in. Okay, this is one I'm going to mix. So you, you have to mix at least two. Well, you can cook, I think, one item by itself because you can just right. You can like bake an apple, apple or, or, or bake a. And so, so you can mix five ingredients together and try to come up with a recipe. But there's nowhere once you've eaten, like say you made five of a really good recipe, and you eat those five, you're like, okay, I want to make that again. There, there's nothing that tells you. Oh, there's no. You don't have a menu a recipe, do. but oh, you do. So what you do is. Uh, this is how I had to cheese it. So what you have to do is you have to make the you have to make the item, and and I took a picture of this and I'm glad I did because I made it and then died and it uh, you know erased it the uh, the thing from my inventory because I you know they loaded me back before I made it. Right. So I was bragging to my brother-in-law and took a photo of it. I made a dish that did full recovery of all your hearts plus nine extra temporary hearts. Oh my god! So I took a photo of it and luckily when I died I was like, oh, I still have all the ingredients that I took a photo. So what you do is you go to the dish after you make it and you click on it and it says eat or recipe. You can click on recipe and it'll list all the oh, ingredients really? you used to make that. Okay. So uh, if you wanted to cheese it, you could probably go online and find. I'm sure someone's made a cooking guide to right, make right. these. But if the, the items like the full recovery plus nine hearts, take a photo of that and be like, this is what I need to make these dishes, you know? Okay. But I, I agree with you. It does suck that you can only do one at a time. You know, if I have four radishes and four steaks and I want to make radishy steak or whatever they're going to call right. it, I should be able to go, I want to make three of these. And then they all go in a pot, you know, and you just keep going. Or, you know? or, they, or they do it. Yeah, it'd be cool if they just did it all at one time. Or if you do it like you do in World of Warcraft where you, you watch them crafting this one and then you watch them crafting two and you watch them crafting three. You know what I've never tried, which there, there's one town, one of the villages, Hento Village, I think. Uh, um, there's two cooking pots next to each other. So I wonder if you could do one and then go over to the other. Well, I think you throw them in, it starts the animation. Right, so probably and then you're stuck, you're stuck in that cycle. Right, which it, it doesn't take long. It's not like a 15-minute long animation where you're like, come on, yeah, But still, when you're, trying, when you're trying, we have a whole bunch of ingredients, especially if you're wanting, if you're experiment. well, not when you're experimenting. It's, oh, you yeah, I experiment all the time. And you, and you, and you know what you want to make and everything, and you're trying to stock up, mm-hmm. it, it, it takes a long time. It does. It, and, it, and it'd be nice if you could just click on the recipe, because even if you have the recipe... Then you still have to kind of remember, okay, I, I'm assuming, I don't know, because yeah. I haven't gotten this far. So you can see the recipe, but you still have to go and pick this item, pick that item. You can't just click on the recipe, well, what, or can you just click on the well, recipe? You can click on the recipe, and it'll say, you know... But, I mean, you can't click on the recipe and be like, make that. Yeah, you can't do that yet. See, that that's annoying. Right. That would right. be annoying to me. It's like, okay, so... Yeah, that is. So I now mean, that at least is. you have notes, but the fact that you got, okay, i got to remember these five ingredients. Okay, where's this one? Where's this one? Where's this one? Where's this... Well, it's uh, the fifth ingredient. Yeah. And so you'd have to cancel, go back out, or what? Yeah. No, I, no I, click on the menu, go, I want five of these. Yeah. And if I if I have the ingredients, it goes, hey, you can make five. Well, I want to make three. Yeah, because I want to so hold some in reserve. And then I want to use this ingredient to make another two of these or whatever. Yeah. I, so also, um, what I think is interesting is I made the recipe one way where I switched two ingredients. Like one was in the second you know, it was the second one I did, one was the third. And the first time I made that, it was full recovery plus eight temporary hearts. Uh-huh. So I switched two ingredients and it was full recovery plus nine temporary hearts. 
So that is how minute it is to, if you switch an ingredient oh to the God. third or the first slot, that it'll make it that much better, which I was just blown away. Um, That'd also almost be maddening. because It would, because you're like, if I mix these there, two there's things. There's an infinite number, I mean, not an infinite number, right. but with five ingredients and... And, oh, my God. Yeah, I, sw- I swap one from two to three in the order, and then, like, I made a completely different dish. Oh, that so, would be... Um, I, I don't think I... So, those of you who are compulsive... Yeah, good luck. Excessively compulsive, forget you heard that. Well, also, um, so apparently when you beat the main... I don't think it's really a spoiler, but uh, maybe a minor spoiler. I, I read somewhere that when you complete the main campaign, you defeat Calamity Ganon, no matter how many hours you're in, and you decide to do it. Um, that will show you the completion of what you've done in the game. And uh, there is guides online to how to get 100%. Uh, I might do that after I'm done. Um, but I got to tell you, so, I mean, everything that I didn't like about the game, to me, was a minor thing. You know, and you can make the case that every minor thing adds up to, like, one big thing. Right. But I think, for me, that's kind of like a detour on you have really incredible moments in the game. Yeah. Like, last night I was playing, um, and I had all these amazing things happen. Like, one... Um, I was on a tower that it was hard to get to, and I finally got to this tower. Um, and I looked out in the distance, and I saw on top of this really high other peak across from the tower, there was a glowing light. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Like, it, the game is very good about, what's over there? Uh-huh. So I had one of those moments. So I got over there. I snuck in. There's a grove on top of this mountain, and there was these ethereal animals having a meeting, like all in a circle, with this ethereal steer looking at all of them. And I was sneaking very quietly, like looking at everything, and they saw me. So all they were like bunnies. They all fled. Right. The steer stood there for a couple of seconds and looked at me, and then he fled. He went to the rocks, and then he became vapor. Well, he came back. Uh-huh. I waited, and he came back, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I can use him a mount. That would be epic, you know." And and I made too much noise. And he went away again. But I was like, what? Like, I'm going to come back here. Because what happened was time passes in the game. And then that didn't happen. Like, they all disappeared. So it's like, it's only at like around, because I looked at the clock in game. It's only around midnight that that happens. I was there so long, it was like one in the morning. Because every minute, it's like five minutes or ten minutes in the game. So I have to go back and see if I can find this mythical animal that like looks amazing. And then another moment I had, which I've seen it before in the game, but I wasn't able to make it over there. There was a glowing shaft of golden light hitting this tree, and I could see it in the distance, and I was like, what is that? So I glided over there, ran up there. It was a fall. It was a, a shimmering star part. A falling star had hit it, like come down and uh-huh. hit the tree, and you can collect it as an ingredient. Oh, wow. It doesn't tell you, obviously, what you use it for. Um, but I was like, just so blown away. And then I went in the Lost Woods, which is where you get the Master Sword. But... To go into the Lost Woods, there's these brazers set up and these trees that look incredibly menacing. Um, The brazers are lit, and you can follow them, but after a certain time, there's no more brazers. And if you go too much off the beaten path, which it's a maze, you have to figure out which way to go through the trees, Mm -hmm. um, everything fades to white, and you go back to the beginning of where the brazers were, uh, where the last set of brazers were. So it took me like 30 minutes to make my way through this without getting reset, and you find the master sword and the little leaf guys the the karok the karok whatever right. guys they're there it's their home huh. so they're hanging off the trees they're happy to see you they're like oh the hero fr- the hero from past come get the sword we can't help you until you try to pull the sword from the ground you know that's your sword and then we'll give you a test to make sure you can actually use it so what happens is instead of doing 
Well, one, there's a temple there, a shrine, so you can fast travel back there, which I immediately right. was like, I need to find that before I leave because I don't want to go through the maze again and right. find my way through. But you go to pull the sword. There's an ancient tree there that says he's been there since time immemorial. He's been watching over Hyrule. For you to grab the sword, you have to be worthy. But he said the sword will take your life if you're not strong enough. So what happens is when you grab the sword, because I want to see what would happen, you grab the sword and you hold the A button. And while you're doing that, your heart starts depleting. Uh-huh. But the sword starts to lift out of the ground. If your heart's deplete before the sword lifts, you die. <laughs> so he stops you the first time before you you're, you're die. And he says, you need to be careful. You need to be worthy. And I was rocking six hearts. I thought, why not? Was not worthy. <laughs> you need more than six hearts. And I'm sure you need like 12 or 14. Um, but that was just so cool because I found my way through the Lost Woods got to the valley where they were was right. like it's beautiful and it's picturesque and even while he's giving his little cutscene of you know yeah i've watched hyrule time immemorial you know you need to be worthy to pick it up two of those little leaf creatures come over and they have a stick stuck in the ground and one of them tries to pick it up and like pull it out and when he says you know it could claim your life he goes ah, and he pretends to fall over and they're having this little like they're like the other one's laughing and stuff and it's like stuff like that you're like i found this place you know right. like it, it, i didn't use a guide i didn't you know and the other thing i've purposely been doing is i haven't been buying arrows so if you look at your quiver, you can see how many arrows you have if you only have like two or three. Right. And I was completing a puzzle where I needed to hit a switch on the other side of the map. So every time I shot it, luckily it would bounce off and go somewhere. And I'm like, I hope I, hope I can get that back because uh-huh. I'm not going to be able to hit that switch if this doesn't work. And yeah, I, with arrows, what I, what I was trying to do, because I, I was like, I'm not buying any arrows, is if someone was, if, if one of the... The begoblins or yeah, whatever. whatever was shooting at me, I would run around be like stand there face shooting run out run to the side or whatever and then click arrows that way yeah and some of those barrels they have like five stacks i bought one because there was a mission where you needed to do something for a lady and she ran an arrow shop and while i was there i was like well um crap i don't have any and she wants me to do this so i bought some when i was there um, but what's cool is when you buy stuff, it's gone. Like, it needs to reset, basically. Right. So, like, you really have this thing of, like, well, she's only got 10 arrows here. You know, I think she only had 10 arrows, so I'm like, better make these last, you right. know, until I fight a Bokoblin camp. And another amazing thing I got, there's these labs that you find in the game that research the Guardian technology and everything that's fighting you. And the guy says, okay, you've, you got our furnace going, so now we can power our, our equipment. Um, I'll give you this. And he gives you um, Guardian arrows, so they're like energy arrows, and he said they're really good against Guardian. He was not joking. A Guardian with legs, you know, usually they're sunk into the ground right. and they shoot at you. This was fully functional, running after me. I was coming down off a tower. I dodged its laser. Um, like had Well, you do the thing where if you jump, I don't know if you've done it yet, but if you jump and you go to uh, shoot your bow, time slows down. So when you do that, like I did that, time slowed down. I shot him with that arrow, one hit. One arrow destroyed this massive guardian. And I was like, well, I'd be saving these. I got three of them. Um, you can buy them from one of the machines in the lab, but they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. So, but it's one of those things where I was like, that's amazing. Like one hit, you know, like I can't believe I destroyed that thing. And I, like I said, every little nitpick I have about the game uh, to me doesn't detract from the other moments where you discover a grove of mythical creatures or you discover the lost woods all by yourself, you know, or you, you know, if I have to sit and cook for a while, like I'm not like, oh man, this game well, you sucks. Weren't, you're not a, you weren't under time crunch because I was far in the game right. from you. And so, uh, yeah, good luck under, trying to get that out of my hands now. That's all yeah, I gotta say. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm gonna give you it for the week. I'm gonna give you five days, three, hey, nope, I'm gonna go pick two, it up tonight. One, all right, yeah. no, you and had like, yesterday. Oh, by the way, we're doing a review on this. It's like, 
Okay. And so for me, cooking was really a pain because I was under a time crunch too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. And the I 10 wanted, minutes is the any time that Joe could call. I got 10 minutes to make this. Because like, 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 you can really sit down for a half hour. You could. I did. around with cooking, taking your time. Trying, well, what about this? What about that? And everything. And I was like, okay, I just need to make a couple things because I am like hurt and I'm fixing to go to a battle. Yeah. Which, and, by the way, it like, sucks when you're really hurt and you haven't cooked anything and you're like, I have four apples, three radishes. Um, let me just try to eat these and get a quarter of a heart. And I, then... I've, yeah, I was there. Yeah, and, and I've done that. And, and I was on top of a mountain. I had some cold gear, but you know, the more gear you have, there's three pieces, every piece of gear. Um, I had one piece of cold gear and the temperature dropped below what I was good to. Uh-huh. So I'm on top of a mountain, literally freezing to death with a guardian trying to find me so it could shoot at me. And it was not a good time whatsoever. So... Um, I randomly found a couple. I found all three pieces of, uh, or two pieces of climbing gear, so you climb faster and it doesn't affect your stamina, um, which saved my bacon. And then uh, I guess I need to find cold gear now because I'm up in the mountains more and more, and I'm like, you know, Link starts shivering and his yeah. hearts go away, and you're like, this is not cool, man. This is not yeah, cool. So spicy peppers. I need spicy peppers. Yeah, or maybe eat something for five minutes. It gives me a whatever. But even then, like, I don't like being on that because you're constantly looking at the clock trying to run yeah. around. Like, I can't really or, explore because I gotta, you know. Yeah. Or um, I ran too when I the brief time I get to be up in the mountains in the very beginning and everything was I ate something and then I got stuck in combat and I'm looking around and trying to search stuff and then it was like wait a minute I'm oh my god I need to eat something I'm freezing I'm freezing I'm freezing eat yeah. something quick or whatever yeah. it's like please let me have something yeah it, it but I mean to me like all the little criticisms that come out of it like I don't think it's so big that I don't still think uh, it's a bad game you know to me it's like yeah this would be great if it was better this would be great if it was better but nothing where i'm like this totally the, sucks my, me out my, of the immersion like said, or, of everything my biggest complaint was the left controller yeah which they addressed that they actually went online wrote a statement you can mail your controller into them they will fix it and send it back to you in like a week for free they said they'll do it for free so i'm debating whether to do that uh because i don't have the issue but if you borrow it again uh which will happen i'll let you borrow it again uh but, Next year, there will be my full review of... Yeah, in a year, which it'll take probably that long to play the game. <laughs> okay, so in two years... In two years, we'll do the review. But, um, I mean, otherwise, I think it's a great game, and I think all the positive things that have been said about it, um, I agree with. Even the negative things, I do agree with, but again, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Reviewers are like, hey, this really pulled me out of the experience. I didn't like the fact there was 110 shrines. You have to use... Four spirit orbs to upgrade a heart or a stamina, which I saw a fully upgraded stamina wheel. I'm working, you, you have the one you start with, then you have a ring that goes outside, then you have another ring outside of that, then you have another smaller wheel to the left of those. And I don't know, I mean, that's, I'm only doing it in thirds now, so, or that's gonna be four. It's, I mean, that's a lot of spirit orbs. So yeah. I can see where it's going to be like, oh, man, that's so much. But what I'm trying to do is balance between hearts and spirit or like right. stamina. I'm not just going, oh, I'm going to go all stamina, you know? Like, I want to be able to take a hit. Um, yeah. And get your sword. And get, get my the master sword. sword. Yeah, because apparently that's painful when you pull yeah. it. You're like, ki, ki. Oh, like, you just fall you know, over. You know, you know who's worthy? What? Vision. Yeah, probably. He could just yeah, he, he could just walk in the game, pull it out, like whatever. I don't he know. could do it. Come on, he, Ganon. Who's this Ganon person? <laughs> um, another thing I found out, good? an elevator. <laughs> yeah, but if it was oh, anyway, we could get to that discussion. <laughs> All right, so the the next uh, segment we're gonna talk about. Uh, well, I mean, generally before you stop, you you like the game. Yeah, right? yeah, I liked it. Um, I like sandboxes. 
um, like World of Warcraft, you know, you, you get your missions, whatever, but you're free to go. And, and the same with, uh, I always say World of Warcraft because I spent yeah, a that's the most time. amount of time you spend. Um, I did play Skyrim for a bit, yeah. and I forgot all about where my mission was because I was doing all the mm-hmm. side missions. Yeah, um, that, that happens. But with, with World of Warcraft, I would, and I was kind of trying to do it with what little bit of time I had with this, was I like running around and going where people probably don't go. Yeah. And, and find out. Like, I, in World of Warcraft, um, when you, uh, so I played the Night Elves, and we come out to the first coastline, and I saw a, 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 a rock way out there. I swam out there. Yeah. I swam underneath the water, such around, and I found a treasure chest. And I'm like, I wonder how many people have ever found this treasure chest. Yeah, and, and you and, have, there, there's tons of moments like that in Breath of the Wild so, where, like, if you played it, like, if I let you borrow it again and you played it for, like, another 10 or 12 hours, you're going to have so many different stories than I had. Yeah. Did you go over here? No, just when I came over and watched you where I, gl- I glided over to that one plateau and you're like, I just got a tree down. And I'm like, I know you can do that, but, like, I didn't have an axe. I didn't think, like, yeah. I was like, oh, I got a glider. Oh, yeah. I'm going to use was, a glider. Was, yeah, you're like... There was one at the beginning. He's like, "Hey, you got to go around and climb." I'm like, "I already did this, but let me show you this." And I had a woodsman axe, and I went around to the the tree where the, there's a, a chasm between the two cliffs, and I cut the tree down, and it fell right across. And I go, "You just got to be careful because you can't fall off." Yeah, you know how those things are. But instead of spending all this time to try to climb, and you worry about your 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 stamina and everything, I just carefully walked right across, and da da. Yeah. And, he, and and then when I cut one of the trees down, a huge leaf fell down. He's like. What's that? I'm like, let me show you. And I go to a bad guy and I have it equipped. And, and before he gets to me, I swing it and it knocks him far away. It doesn't really damage him because I didn't hit him. But it calls a gust of wind and knocks them back. And yeah. he's like, oh my God. Yeah, and then another thing uh, really quickly. When I found the Lost Woods and found the, the Master Sword, there was uh, Setsu though. And he upgrades your, uh, he upgrades your inventory uh-huh. um, slots. And I was like, oh, man, I had all these seeds. I was like, I need this upgraded. So I started upgrading everything. Well, then you get to a tier, and he's like, I need, like, I'll start out, I need three. I need three to upgrade this. And I had, like, 20. I'm like, yeah, man, sky's uh-huh. the limit. I got cash like you wouldn't believe. And then you get to a tier, and he's like, I need five now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, like, 900 of these in the game. I don't know if I'm ever going to find those. Oh. But it appears that I will need to. Oh, I'm that's to- better than some other games where it's like, you need 200 million. You're like. What? Man, yeah. What? And again, I have the problem in this game that all my characters in all games that I've ever played my whole life is I'm perpetually broke. I've never found that sweet. <laughs> I haven't found that sweet, sweet rupee vein where you're just like, oh yeah, I got millions. Let's he, do this. Oh yeah. He, is that he, only $2,000? I'll get three of them. <laughs> no, no. Now I'm like, I got like 200 rupees it, in my it's, name. It's true. Like in World of Warcraft, his Drew was always broke. And broke. Hunter is like, I got like 20 million. What you need me to buy you? Yeah, man, I here. got like 2,000 gold. What do you have? Is there a cab? I got like five. <laughs> Ridiculous! I'm like a welfare. This sucks. I always said, man, it's like if, like, I, if I could earn the money, I was in World of Warcraft. I'm on like Azerothian public assistance. It's terrible. <laughs> you're you're a daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of getting paid in money, you're getting paid in chickens. That's it's right. Like, it's hey, not how right am I at all. Pay my bills with chickens. It's not good at all. All right. So the next minute, we're actually going to talk about Iron Fist. You've seen a lot more of it. I have, yeah, but I'll I'll talk about uh, almost. So I I'll talk about my impressions, and then you'll talk about your impressions. So we'll do that right after the break. Hey, we're back. So Ben and I are now going to talk about Iron Fist. You've seen more of it than I have. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of like mixed things online about you know how good or bad Iron Fist is. Um, 
I like it. I enjoy it. I think there's enough um, of the plot. What what they've mentioned of what's going on uh, with the the Mitchums. The is it the Mitchums? The, the... Uh, so that's so. Um, oh yeah, Ben's looking up the cast right yeah, now. Yeah. So the Mitchums are were the family that that there was two the Rand right, right. the Rand so is there was yeah, two yeah. yeah there was and two so his father people and the came Mitchum's to... father were partners and, and the company the was Rand right and so on the premise is is um uh, the cast just said on first night and Randy uh, I think it's Randy Rand isn't it no Danny or Danny right sorry I'm like Randy, Randy Rand. Rand that's it would be such a Stanley thing to do, though. Yeah. He does like R R yeah, yeah, JJ's. Yeah. And, yeah. But so Danny and his and his family were flying over the, the China, Himalayas, the Tibetan, or the Himalayas uh, mountains, and their plane crash. Yeah. And so they're all presumed dead. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so the he comes so back. He comes back. It's in the trailer, so yeah, it's no he, spoilers. He looks like a bum. He I mean, he's he's he, well, he is a bum, right? He doesn't have any money. I mean, he looks like you know just he's got an iPod bum. from. He almost looks like a beach bum. Yeah, and he comes in, and no one believes that he is who he says because he he's supposed to be dead. because he right because he was like ten or or so when when the plane went down and mm-hmm. everything, and he's been gone for fifteen years. Right, and so um, the the the. Two kids of the Mitchums, um, they're running the business now. Right. And they don't believe he is who they say he is. And so he's trying to convince and he just wants a minute to talk and nobody wants to take a minute to talk right, to him right. and everything. But yeah. Okay. And so and that's kinda how the, the how the, the setup start. The setup yeah. on it is 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 him trying to prove who he is. They're not believing him, they're working against him. Like either he's a nutbag. And then it's like, well, if he is who he is, you know, so he can try to seize power. We're fixing to have this huge. Yeah, because he does group. still control forty-one or fifty-one percent. Fifty-one percent. Yeah, so because just it's enough. Because his his family's name. Right. So right, right. they were they had. To that was what it. the other percent was worth. Apparently, was the Rand name on the building. That's <laughs> so, right. Which is a big percent in business. I, I, well, the fifty-one well, to forty-nine. Story did did the Mitchums and the Rand went okay? Rock paper scissors like top gone. Oh it. now. And Fifty-one percent. Yeah, I mean that—that's interesting too. I mean, I do like the show. Like I said, there's enough of the plot they've mentioned, like uh, spoilers for Daredevil, but they introduced the hand in the second season right. of Daredevil, and that's kind of the villain in this. They've already set it up in the first two episodes that the hand is still in New York. They're kind of doing something nefarious. Right. Um, I do like people didn't like the fact that like I've read reviews where they said the the Mitchums were a little bit too soap opery, and I will say I don't. I, I got that in moments, but not all the time. I do really like David Wenham, though, the main uh, Mitchum, who's kind of like in the shadows, like running yeah. things. Um, Harold Mitchum. Yeah, if people don't know who David Wenham is, he was in Lord of the Rings. He played uh, Faramir. Uh-huh. Uh, very good actor. Um, but I, I really like him in this. He's got a presence about him that you're like, I don't really want to mess with this guy, you know? Yeah. His son's kind of a jerk, but he's cast as a jerk, right? He's right. written as a jerk. But, um, right, because... No one knows that his dad's alive, and this okay. So this is. But it's like the first. It's, it, it's a minor in a minor the first spoiler, five, like the first ten minutes it, of the pilot is, of is, the first episode. Is his his son knows that he's he's alive. He's supposed to have died from cancer. Yeah. Uh, For his son believes this. Everyone believes. And I think that's dead. interesting because I want to know why he's in hiding. You know why right. not just run the company? And it, and you it, know, it, it, but he. Fake that he had cancer and died. So then he didn't fake he had cancer. Oh, okay, I'll well, reveal that much. It, Joe, Joe's two episodes. I'm only two episodes. I'm ten, but or eleven. But now. for my thing is, I want them to explore that more, and I right. hope they, and do. they do. Okay, they, you find out why everyone thinks he's dead and kind of what's going on. Um, about episode 
seven or eight, there was a, a thing where an, an, a big event happened that you weren't really expecting. Um, you you kind of see it coming up and it, it's, it's right when it happens is when you're just like, wait, wait, wait. All right, what the heck's going to go on from here now? Oh, okay. That's and then, good. And then, and then you're like, okay, so this is taken care of. And then it's like a couple episodes later, it's, it's not. And you're just like, what? And okay. so, yeah. So there's some good surprises that come in that you're, good. That, that you're like really thorough. And it has to do with Harold uh, Mitchum okay. and, and his son. Okay. And so, yeah, it's, I have I've really enjoyed it. Um, so has my girlfriend. We've we've really we've been like kind of thing. Yeah, between that and I just introduced her to Nataro. Uh, Nataro. So or uh, yeah. So, so if anyone says Naruto, I I hate you. Okay. Okay, because that's that that is horrible. It's Naruto. Naruto. That's what they say if you watch the Japanese. It is okay. Not Naruto. But anyway, um, we've been kind of about sorry. But anyway, um, she's really we've really enjoyed it. Uh, my my biggest complaint I'd have to say is in the fight scenes in that he's supposed to be the Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that, and, and I've he, I've seen gets, that a little bit. He he's not like dominating mm-hmm. throughout. There's mm-hmm. sometimes he has some, and part of it, as I'm trying to say, is he's 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 also fighting people that should. Some are his equals, some aren't, and so you kind of you're kind of used to. If he's fighting kind of mooks, he should be just tearing through them left and right there, throwing in the air, boom, boom, boom. And mm-hmm. then he hits the name character. And so, <laughs> but the power of the Iron Fist is, is, is the more he kind of gets hit, the more he can kind of right. generate his chi. And so that... Well, he said it helps he him gener- focus. Right. And it, it allows him to generate that force into it, literally into his, his fist. fist. You'll see them start to glow yeah. and everything. Um, so, Which was cool. They showed a little bit of that from what I've seen. And I was like, yeah, right. I want to see more of that. Right. And so... And so when it comes to some of the fight stuff, it, it's been, I expected him to be more proficient, more dominating. So you mean in, the actor the or the character? The character. Okay. To be more dominating and more in control, not getting like his, his butt handed to him. It's almost, it almost reminds me, so I've been watching the Supergirl series on TV. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, for being the, the, the strongest person on earth, you sure do take a lot of beating. Yeah. And, I, and it's like, it's like everyone's always stronger than the second strongest person on the, you know, or, or yeah, that's what that, I, that's one of my complaints with the show is like I don't I don't think that actor is a bad actor, but I think he says to someone flat out and like the second I would see the I am the Iron Fist, yeah, that should be a moment where you're like he is, you should believe that, and I the moment he said well, it I was like well, well the the thing the thing I, and this is the thing I kind of like a bit like about it and everything and maybe this is where some people has claimed. Is the actor is still, he's probably, I think like twenty five. The character should be like twenty, right around twenty five. Yeah, he's probably about the same age. Mid twenties. I think 20. it was about ten. He was about ten to twelve when the plane went down. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years later, so he's in his his mid, just into his late twenties. That event that happened to him is very much affecting him throughout the show. Right, and that he his family's name means. It's like everything to right. him. Well, he the, saw the, the, the trauma die. that he had from ex- from the plane crashing, watching his mom get sucked out of the plane. Right. Um, all that really weighs. So even though he's the Iron Fist, and if you look at how, as you watch more, so you look, you, you still see very much that he's still this ten year old. Yeah. That that and, and he lived in a monastery. He's not really had the real world. He really mm-hmm. hasn't experienced all that all the yeah. gray in in life and in the world and everything and yeah. so he's having to adjust to everything from him has been 
black and white, black and white, mm-hmm. and now he's being introduced to grays. Very yeah. New York. Grays. I mean, and really, New well, York. Just even the people he's around. Well, again, stuff. I should say. And so that's one of the things I really like. That I don't know if because I, I haven't read, I haven't read any of the reviews. I've just kind of heard that reviews been making some people. But that's one thing I like. Is you, you kind of see that. Yeah, he's the Iron Fist, but he still has a lot of maturing and growing. Yeah, and that these events in his past he hasn't really dealt with. Mm-hmm. That he really needed like counseling. Yeah, and so for I, so. I get that. I, my big complaint again is I just don't. Um, so okay, me being a viewer, when he says I'm the Iron Fist, I don't, I don't really buy it. Let's just say I don't buy it. I don't right now. I'm only two episodes in. I'm intrigued, but I don't buy it. Right. Um. But then, I mean, there's only a few fight scenes I've seen so far in the second episode. But those fight scenes, to me, just didn't do it where it kind of like, okay, maybe he is the Iron Fist, you know? But to me, they were just really weak. And you're like, I, you know, you're the living, you're a living yeah. weapon, you know? And he says that again to somebody, like, I'm, I'm a living weapon, I'm the Iron Fist. Right. And apparently somebody says later on, they said to, for him to get his abilities, he had to fight an ancient dragon to get the Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. So, like when he says that, like, I'm the Iron Fist and I don't buy it, like, that's a problem, yeah. you know? And then if the fight scenes don't improve with him and you're like, this kind of looks... Like, because, you know, there's a difference between someone who can physically do things and act, and it seems like they really went after his hacking ability, which is fine, but, like, they had to be, like, as well as, like, hey, you also are going to do some rigorous fright training, like, th- you have to be the living weapon, you know? Yeah. And if that was... If that... I mean, if that doesn't improve, that's really going to tear See, me out of the show. For me, him, him going... Well, I'm saying I'm this. I, and bother me because he, because like I said, I still see him. He still has a bit of a preteen right. attitude. He's not mature yet. I mean, yeah. If you look, if you look at how his character is a lot and you watch, he still hasn't. He's he's an adult and uh, uh, you know by age and everything else, but mentally he he never got past ten or twelve a bit because like I said that the right. the trauma of it. It, it it keeps popping up his head. Mm-hmm. It keeps yeah, they do the, even if you have said that they show that. And and so that's the major factor and and he's living off of the idea of what he knew of his dad. Right. And his dad and so his family name means a lot right. to him. And it's like oh, and he doesn't want to taint it or whatever and he's like, That's my name. There's a scene later on about where his family comes about, about his What's name. really going on with his family probably. With his family, but about his name. I don't want to get into it. Um and it, it, it reinforces his his family name. His name it means a lot. Means something. And so he's he's coming into this world where everything was if you, if it's what you say it is, it's what you say it is. Yeah. And there's no like kind of hidden speech or whatever. Now you're in New York and you're dealing with people who are business people, corporate, not yeah. not person. And, and and how good and honest Rancor is now is is a little fuzzy yeah. because. And that gets run, and he has issues with that. I mean, he's he's very good-hearted. Like he, most people would, would call it a bleeding-heart liberal. It's like, well, this is wrong. We need to fix it. This needs to be like this, and and not that necessarily he's wrong. And so that's the thing that I've kind of, I've I've kindly operated on is is even though he's an adult, he hasn't had life experiences to have him mature mentally and emotionally as an adult. All mm-hmm. he's known is. Is I wanted to be the Iron Fist. I wanted to be the Iron Fist, regardless of when he was. Or you are the Iron Fist. Now you have to live up to it, basically. And everything. 
And so when it comes to the fight scenes, my my big explain is is sometimes he gets owned a lot more than than he should. You think you think he should, and some is you're like, okay, well this is another. There's one scene, um, uh, in the past episode two that I watched where he actually fought someone doing drunken boxing. I was so excited because I love right. drunken boxing. If I could learn drunken boxing, I would love to. And, we'll just be and like so Jackie watch, Chan, drink and so, a bunch, and, so, and have your ancient to, Chinese master so, fight you. Right, right. so no, he's going against a style that's not a straightforward martial arts style. On yeah, him, and he has difficulty with it through most of the fight scene, and it's like I love it because yeah, it's something that's pretty unorthodox, and he's used to very orthodox. Well, fighting. you could also bring up the point though that if he really has been, let's say he was gone for fifteen years, let's say ten of that was training, you know, to be the Iron Fist, he probably would have come across drunken boxing. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily. Well, my thing is like if I mean, because drunken boxing is not a a, a very front common, right? Uh, but it's what, out there and everything. But because it, it, uh, the the way the drunken boxing style is, is it, very right. Uh, no, you I, think you're fixing they're, they're they're weaving, but they're they're you know you think they're going this way, but they go this way and and stuff that how they use stuff for weapons right. or anything. Well, I mean, and he, and he eventually adapts. Well, I'm I'm hoping that I the like. fight scenes improve because to me that's the one thing where I I do find I mean people have said he's you know the plot's bad and all this the characters, I don't find that to be true. Yeah. Uh, like I said, all the little plot things that they've kind of dangled out just in the first couple episodes, I'm like, that's interesting, that's interesting, I want to see where this goes, I want to see where that goes. And for me, and for me, has has continually kept me right. intrigued and everything. But the moment, you, the moment he has to fight, and you're like, that looked like they needed to do another take, or, you know, like, he's kind of like... Um, yeah, that, that, that is, that would be, like I said, my only complaint is, I would expect him to dish out a little bit right, more than right. he takes. Right, right. I did like and the scene take, though. He takes a lot. I did like the scene. They do kind of show off his iron fist ability. His hand starts glowing, mm-hmm. and somebody tries to stop him. And you think it's going to be this big, and all he does is push the guy off to the side. And I love that. Like I don't need. I'm not wasting. Right. There's no reason to waste all of this on you. You know, type thing. Yeah. And another thing, and not just for this show that I have a problem with, but most of the Marvel TV things. So like, they mentioned in, I think it was Jessica Jones or yeah or Daredevil. One of the shows, they mentioned about the, the, the event in New York. Right. So the first Avengers movie. So aliens, the Chichari came from the sky. The Avengers showed up, kicked their butt, portal closed. Right. It's a pretty amazing thing to happen. You see some guy turn into the Hulk. You figure out there's a guy in a flying suit of armor, basically. And Thor can control lightning. That's pretty amazing. But I think in, in Jessica Jones, you know, they have the purple man, Kilgrove, or Kilgrave. Uh-huh. And they go, what? He can make you control... He, he can make you do whatever he wants with his mind? That's unbelievable. And you're like, well, uh... But you gotta remember, too, that how, like, a lot of humans, when they have trouble, some sometimes understanding or accepting... Right. Trump supporters and Hillary supporters... <laughs> I'm sorry, a little cough there. Um, you have a cough a lot. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> they, they won't acknowledge it. Right. They, to me- and, and so, that's how a lot of people... And even though... And... and, and and even though they're like, okay, I, I can take this. I, I'll take this. But now you're talking about mental power. Well, yeah. No, no, no. Okay, there's well, a line. In, in and his, in his so defense, he does mention that. But they haven't really introduced Strange to like the street level stuff. Strange yeah. is still in his sanctum probably studying. I don't yeah. know the timeline. But, um, but what really bugs me is there's just a scene in the, in, the, in the first episode where he jumps over that cab. He's talking to an old friend. She doesn't right, believe right. him. He jumps over to the cab to defend himself because the car's like barreling down the road. Right. Um, after the things that p- people have physically seen, because there was footage of the Avengers like kicking, she's like blown away that he can jump over a cab. But you know? but you're taking it out of the context of the scene. 
You're taking someone that she thinks is a bum who's trying to say that he's someone that she's like, no, you're dead. Okay. And okay. sees I see that. what you're saying. See, you're, 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 you got it. You got it. Well, my thing is like. It, and it's and it's how commonplace is that? That's it. You're expecting only those group of Avengers, those six or seven, the Avengers. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's that's who you think is has that. That ability. is true because and the, then when you're right in front of someone that's fixing to get hit in the taxi who looks like a bum and they do it, yeah, you're caught true. off guard. Well, too, like, because um, didn't Jessica Jones make a point of that that like she knows of people that are out there but hasn't said anything and like had files on them? Remember, like there was a scene or something where so, someone. Like, but but that's because she's kind of in that most most right. There's still percent people aren't in that world. Right, right, and, and so these are still. Well, some of it too is I would like to see a timeline of how and, it falls out within the rest right. of the universe because I could be assuming that people know that, right. but they don't. But but then put it this way: then put it, so you you can watch movies with car accidents. You can watch the live news, and they'll have someone that showed an accident. Accident happens right in front of you. How do you act? Pretty, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're talking. You got to look at it in that pen. She's right in the middle. Of, it's right in front. Of, this isn't on TV. Well, this isn't downtown. Yeah, but but again, whatever. like but again, like point, And this is a real world point. We all kind of talked about terrorism, but when you saw nine eleven and saw the news, and now everybody's talking about it. Everybody's right. talking about terrorism. What do we do about terrorism? Uh, just to keep this without politics. So after that event in, in New York, again, this is maybe just me wanting to see a timeline. Maybe the registration thing hasn't happened yet. Maybe that's a different far off in the timeline. So you think that that would be on the news? Like we need to start rounding these people up or at least knowing where they are? Like to but, me – But still, when an event happens across the world or, or on the other but, side of the city versus right in front of you. Well, again Terror, – Terrorists, we were all – yeah, when 9-11 happened and, you're, and, and someone told you, hey, turn on the TV and you watch the plane come in. That's a horrifying event. Now imagine if you were actually in New York City looking, watching yeah, that the live right there. Well, then your emotions even different. You're even because you're not safe a distance away. You're right, right there. there. Well, I think maybe for me, because the shows haven't really addressed it, I do want just a detective or somebody who's like investigating something to go well. But but they they've said they 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 even said when they've started the the MCU on Netflix is. Kind of tied, but they're not going to. It's not like yeah. it's not like Marvel Agents of Shield is is directly will yeah. back and forth. That's why they don't directly say anything. Is even though it's part of the universe, it kind of isn't, and so they're keeping it as as which I didn't separated. And this isn't up in main main town where all this was well, street level. This stuff. is in the Bronx and the the scum or I don't say Hell's scum, Kitchen, sorry, but in in the rough areas in the mm-hmm. in the the poor areas that even though all that's that happened across town. What happens across town, yeah, that was horrible. We're in New York. But this is happening right in our neighborhood. Yeah. That's, the di- that's always the different emotion of disconnection is atrocity happened in Europe. That's horrible. Yeah. Atrocity happened in New York. Oh, my God. Atrocity happened right across my street. Oh, my freaking God. Am I in danger? What's happened? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Someone tell me. It, it, the closer it is to you, the more it, it, it's become real. Yeah. Because even, even if it happened... If we had something happen in Federal Way, oh my God, that's horrible. Which is it's a city, like two cities up from yeah. us. And all these like cities, like up, up around, it's like city, 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 city. So everything's crossed. It's not like three hours. It's yeah. like, hey, 20 minutes. I'm in Whatever you think about Washington, there's actually, uh, oh, we're about to run out of time. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm intrigued to watch more. Yeah, I, it, it has, I, I, I've enjoyed the characters. I've enjoyed all the little nuances. Like I said, my biggest complaint so far has been 
I think the Iron Fist should be able to handle himself right. a little bit more, and I hope that does happen where he martial art wise is 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 because it seems like Daredevil can handle himself better right, yeah. in a fight. Yeah, so that that's a bad thing. But um, we'll talk about this next week after we both watch more. So see you then. crazy it's crazy to hear ben's voice and to hear him give it his impressions of the um you know just a breath of the wild um sorry i just needed a minute i just heard ben's voice it was crazy um so yeah i guess now i'm going to give i'm not even gonna say final final uh impressions i what i want how do i want to put this um i'm still gonna play breath of the wild uh i'm not gonna stop but I think, you know, um, if you're out there and you haven't played it, maybe you've been reading about it and you think to yourself, I don't understand. It's been since March 3rd, 2017. Why do people continue to talk about this game? Please shut up. Uh, <laughs> and I would just say uh, I respectfully disagree. Uh, very few games um, have kind of this open sense of wonder uh, that I get when I play Breath of the Wild. Um Again, I've talked previously about what my favorite game is. I think it still is Crystallis. That's my favorite game. But I think, uh, you know, there's objective lists about top 10 games ever made and all that thing. Um, Breath of the Wild has to be in that conversation. I'm, I think it's got to be the, as it stands generationally, probably the best game of all time right now. Again, you're going to look back in 20 years and go, well, it didn't do this or it didn't do X. And I'll tell you a simple reason why. When you go into a tower, like many games, that a tower system and has an unlock system where you maybe go to a region, you climb up a watchtower, and that watchtower unlocks a part of the map. Uh, usually, I'm just thinking of Ubisoft games because they're the people that use that the most. When you go to a tower and unlock something, um, immediately after you unlock it, what is what happens is the map is just smattered with uh, check marks and, um, you know, quest markers and money signs for loot, uh, side quest objectives, bounty missions, like all this stuff just litters the screen and it's so busy. What Breath of the Wild does, when you go to a tower and you unlock a section, you just see the terrain and you think, well, that's boring. Well, here's the deal. One of the things I didn't mention in the bonus session, and I was going to save till now, as one of the main technical designers said, what I hope people really see is that everybody can approach this game differently. When you wake up in the beginning of the game, you wake up in the Shrine of Resurrection because, well, story reasons. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because I really want there to be a sense of wonderment, but I am going to do some specific things to spoil just to show you kind of like how great this game is. So you wake up in the Shrine of Resurrection and you run out and you're immediately greeted with this massive vista of the Great Plateau you see grassy plains, you can see Hyrule Castle in the background, and you go, and there's an old man by a fire. He's in a robe, and he says, well, the towers around here, if you activate them, you can see farther on, and you're kind of up on a cliff, and you'll die if you just jump off the cliff. So what you have to do is activate these towers. Of course, I'm paraphrasing all this. So you activate these four towers, and that basically 
uh, takes something called the Sheikah Slate, which I mentioned before, and gives it the ability to give you different things, like the ability to use Magnesis, like I mentioned before, or Bombs, or Kyrenesis, or... Think what the other, oh, there's a time one. I don't think they call it time anesis, whatever they call it. Um, I, that escaped me. But these basically give you the tools. So no longer in the game do you have to go find the hook shot. You don't have to go find the dual hook shot. I know I said hook shot twice. But the idea is when you get to these towers, it doesn't show you like, oh, okay, I'm going to go over there. There's going to be something. The technical designer, when he was talking about it in the bonus section, he said, I want people to approach this game in many different ways. When you leave the Shrine of Resurrection, if you know where to go, you can beat Ganon then. You can go right towards a boss fight and go beat Ganon. People have done it online. I think it's taken about an hour. Someone might have it down to about, I don't know, 40 minutes, 47 minutes. It's very difficult, but you could do it. That's kind of unprecedented in a Zelda game because Zelda games are very linear. Go to the shrine, get this weapon so you can go back to the shrine. Go to the shrine so you, you know, go to this, go to this temple, whatever. So what they've done is, there's been some criticism in the game because they've... Rem- well, let me get to my first point. So you can do that. Or, as a technical designer said, we want everybody to find something interesting no matter where they are. So whether you're looking off in a distance, you might see a glint of light. The shrines in the game before you beat them usually come up out of the ground or they glow orange. So you could be looking in a tundra and you see just a little glint of orange off in the distance and you're like, hey, what's that? I'm going to go check that out. Then you get over there and there's a Bagoblin camp, which again, you can use a physics systems. You can move a barrel uh, through force, launch at them like a rocket. It'll explode because they have a fire there and you'll kill all the Bagoblins really cool. Or you can go in the shrine and go, oh man, this is cool. So instead of, um, again, there's been criticism of the game um, because they've gotten rid of uh, the temples. Um, you know, there's no fire temple anymore. There's no water temple. But what they've done is they got this idea of the the divine beasts which are these kind of sheikah technology massive basically mechs that the champions of hyrule there's four one from each race um from the the zora uh, there's mifa she has a um elephant that you go in the water domain and you fight and you can it's a massive thing it's basically like a temple and it's basically in a water area there's some water themes there's flooding, you fight a boss at the end, this malice that has infected the divine beast that basically takes a water shape. So if you have fire arrows, obviously that does damage. But you can tilt the divine beast 90 degrees, so like the whole cylinder would change, everything that was on the ceiling is now on the ground or whatever. It is a puzzle and it is a temple. And I actually appreciate them doing stuff like that to mix it up. Now they do that with each divine beast. The the water one is the Zora people. There's the sand one, which I don't know what element that would be. It's lightning. Uh, but you go to Gerudo uh, with the Gerudos. They're um, like a desert people. Um, you go there and you fight that beast. And same thing, you fight a whatever an electrical thing at the end. Uh, you go to the the Gorons, which are the big uh, they're the Garuk. Uh, yeah, the Gorons. Uh, Garuk is the guy. Uh, the champion. Um, Umbursu is the Umburso. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Probably should have written it down. Anyway, all I'm getting to the fact is every time you go somewhere in Breath of the Wild, there's this amazing sense of exploration. It has nothing to do with combat. It purposely points you in a direction to the next interesting thing. And it gives you enough tools to not only go find that interesting thing, 
right from the bat. Again, you do the tutorial to open the towers, which takes 30 minutes. And then they give you something called a parasail, which you've seen in like Wind Waker. He uses a sheet and that, and you can float. So you can literally climb anything in the game. There's only like one section you can't climb. Um, one or two. I think the Sheikah technology you can't climb, and there's one cliff that is literally the edge, the northern edge of the map, and you can't climb that. You run out of stamina. Um, other than that, you can climb anything. So um, what I'm trying to say is you can go up to the top of a mountain and go, Whew, how do I get down to that valley? Oh, yeah, I can just jump. You have a parasail, and you sail down. Now, it does burn stamina, but I, what I do is I kind of stop my fall, and then I free fall, and then use it like a parachute at the last minute and pop it down and then just float down to the ground. Or you can shield surf. That's right. I said shield surfing. You time it correct. You actually have a guy that is trying to break a record you find on a hill. He's like, I'm trying to beat my record. Do shield surfing. And he teaches you how to throw a shield like Legolas in the two towers and throw your shield down and glide. You can even grab a monster in the desert. I say monster. It's like a big walrus in the desert area and surf with him like a wind sail. He goes forward. You throw a rope on him. You throw your shield down and you surf like crazy. You can even see it in the trailer that they released uh, in January of 2017 there's a small scene of you uh not windsurfing but basically wind, basically sand surfing with this walrus creature it's amazing also one of the things i i didn't mention is that they really wanted uh i kind of did i guess uh one of the documentary things they really wanted people to interact with the environment not only like fire and stuff like that but they said what about lightning oh yeah if you're holding metal weapons you're gonna get struck by lightning but there's a rubber suit you can wear so you don't get struck by lightning. Or you can use wood weapons so you're not conductive. Or when lightning hits down, you can throw a metal weapon down. The lightning hits a metal weapons. All the animators around you are shocked or killed. It's things like that where they're constantly pushing you forward to use tools and have some form of uh, exploration that just doesn't make you stop. In fact, when I got done researching all this, I already beat Ganon. That was a good fight. It was incredibly climactic. The ending scene was amazing. But what I thought was well, great about it was I, I got done playing and I was like, okay, I got to do the research for the podcast. I finally beat it. I have these couple sections. You guys should watch these documentaries. Uh, I had the interview with Joseph uh, Johnson, Todd's or Todd uh, Ben's half brother. I had the interview with him. So I was trying to squeeze all this in. I had to work uh, Saturday, so that kind of took away the time. But immediately when I started researching all this and saw these people talk about the game the developers and the documentaries, I immediately wanted to start going back and play the game again. There's so many things to explore. Probably like a week ago, I believe it was GameSpot released a video on YouTube saying things you still don't know about Breath of the Wild. That blows me away. I know a lot of games will come out and be like, hey, nobody found this one Easter egg that the developers locked down in 20 years. In Breath of the Wild, there's literally videos out there that say, here's 100 things you didn't know about Breath of the Wild. If you take a rusted weapon and throw it in an Octorok, you know those things from the first games that would be in water and they'd shoot at you? If you time it right and an Octorok is out of the water shooting something at you, if you throw a rusted weapon at him, because you can throw your weapons in this game, he catches it, he will spit back your weapon and he cleans off all the rust on it. So now you just have a brand new weapon that is no longer rusted and broken. That is the kind of stuff that they took in Breath of the Wild. There's a hundred, there's a video with 101 things like that that you had no idea would work in the game or things you can try. People are constantly putting videos online that speedrun shrines where they use the uh, time thing where they'll freeze time in a place, hit it a bunch so it builds up force, and then when the time runs out, they get launched across the shrine. Uh, that kind of stuff is amazing to me. And um, there's a lot of talk about what Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be. If it's going to be more of the same, 
there's uh, a trailer out there from an E3 presentation like in 2019. Um, a lot of people think it's going to be underground. So you're basically using the same map, but you'll be underground exploring the caves there. Because Ganon is an undefeatable evil that keeps coming back. It looks like in the trailer that they released that he is trying to come back. So probably you and Zelda will try to beat him. I am looking forward to it quite a bit. Um, side note, when I bought this game originally and bought the Switch, I was really excited to play Breath of the Wild. I saw a trick where you pull the... I probably told the story, but I'm going to tell it again. You pull the sticker off the back for a gift card. So instead of scratching it away with the... Uh, coin or something you rip it off and you see the whole symbol well i screwed up and when i did it that's right it ripped off the number so i ended up spending an extra 50 dollars to play breath of the wild and i don't regret it in fact there's dlc for 20 bucks i think and i'm seriously con considering getting it because there's a cool easter egg and a cool vehicle you get in the end of it a new horse uh, i don't know why i said vehicle it's a horse um but anyway that is, uh, I guess, not even my final review. What am I trying to say to sum all this up? Breath of the Wild, again, has a sense of exploration that I don't really think any game has. And it's really hard to quantify it. Of course, I've tried in this review. The idea that the designers want to push you forward to keep looking around and poking around, and they want something interesting around every corner. And in my opinion, they've succeeded. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be hyperbolic and say, and I just did. I said, yeah, it's like the greatest game ever made. I don't think it's something where I'm like, all other games suck. This game is the best. I think this game is amazing and a testament to the designers that worked really hard. And like I mentioned before, it took a week off to play the game so they could get perspective on it. But what I think is amazing about this game is when I play other games now, I just think of Breath of the Wild. You know, we play Skyrim and it's fun. But when I was climbing the throat of the world... I kept having to kind of cheese the environment. Oh, if I move here, I can do this. Oh, if I move here. Oh, I got up a little bit here. Oh, I got up a little bit here. Oh, I got up a little bit here. That's annoying. In Breath of the Wild, if you see a mountain, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go climb that. In fact, uh, when I log out of this, I might play a little bit just to relax. I got some reviews coming up for the podcast, but I want to kind of take it easy today. Like I said, I had to work yesterday. But um, what I might do is you can get a climbing set in the game and you can upgrade it so you climb faster and you don't use as much stamina when you climb. So it's like, hey, so what I might do is go for that and just start climbing around. Um, the verticality of that game is amazing. It's one of those things they, they really did sit and think, well, what if this does this? Well, what if what if we catch this area on fire? Great, well, it's going to cause an updraft. Okay, what if I pull my parasail out? Well, then you get shot in the air. Cool. Well, if you're in the air and you pull out your bow, time slows down so you get a perfect shot on somebody. Great. What about this? What about that? They've all thought of that kind of stuff. Everything in the game works as it should, and I think that's a testament. You know in a game when you try something, you find something out really cool, and you're like, oh man, did you know if you do this and this, then this will happen? That's what Breath of the Wild does in every moment of the game. Well, what if I do this? What if I do that? They showed a scene in the behind-the-scenes documentary, so I'm not ruining it because I actually put it out there. The physics that work with things when you move them around works with objects in the world in combat as well. So the Bokoblins will start throwing rocks at you, if you have a club, you can knock the rocks back like a baseball player and hit the bacoblins and kill them. That is amazing. Or, um, gee, I don't know. Sometimes you might find a really crazy horse in the world. And I mean crazy, I don't want to spoil anything. But you find a crazy horse and you go to the stables because you have to register your animals. And you go, hey, I want to register this crazy horse. And the people will be like, that is not a horse. That is an undead skeletal horse. Where did I find the skeletal horse? Can't really say. But the stable won't take it. 
It's things like that where they go, hey, if we give this person the skeletal horse, give Link the skeletal horse, they're going to try to take it to the stables. Well, what do the stable masters do? They're going to freak out and say, well, you know, because the way the undead work in the game, when the sun comes up, everything dissolves. Bones fall apart and stuff like that. So you're not going to have the skeletal horse too long. But it's stuff like that that completely surprised me out the game. And more and more that I play it, especially taking a break from it like I did for a year and then coming back, those things still hold up and they still work. And they still blow me away when I'm like, whoa, do you know blah, blah, blah? Yeah, it's one of those. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much more I can ramble on or how much more I can... I'm not vamping. I'm really telling my opinion. But I think Breath of the Wild is one of the greatest games ever made. Is it my favorite game? Got to be in the top 10. And maybe when I play it more, I'll have a better um, understanding of that. So in conclusion, I just want to say thanks for being on this incredibly long podcast. I think this is the longest podcast I've ever done. But I was blown away when I found Ben's uh, early, Ben and I's early, early, early reviews of Breath of the Wild. And I wanted to put that up there because, like I said, next week we're going to talk about Ben, uh, my brother and he. So that way you guys can hear Ben's voice and have a little bit of glimpse into what Ben was like uh, before we actually talk about him. Um, so I guess that's it, guys. Go play Breath of the Wild uh, right into me. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the podcast. Or you can go to GWG Podfellows and leave me an email, let me know what you think, uh, let me know how I can improve. You can go to iTunes, go there, leave me stars, likes, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, let me know again how I can improve. I'm not one of those people that's going to beg for stars. If you think it's worth three stars, tell me it's worth three stars. Tell me how I suck. Um, I'm also on the Google Play Store, so if you have an Android device, you can find me there. Also, go to Twitter and find me at JustLittleJoe. Uh, I'm there. I will put out a link for this um, Monday morning. I'm actually pretty proud of this. So this episode, how it all turned out, uh, the research, how everything kind of came to be. Um, and now I can stop talking about Breath of the Wild. I'm kidding. I'm going to talk about it a lot. Anyway, uh, find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. And I think that's it, guys. So um, stay safe. Um, you know, hug your family if you can. Uh, and I will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>